It's Thursday night, and you know what that means. We have another fantastic episode of the hit show on Twitch. Hey, did you see this one? Gather round, freaks. Wait, you're again. We're talking about a movie. What's up, everybody? It's me. It's Jason. It's Thursday night. It's 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. And we're doing a podcast about movies. And we ask the question we ask every week. And it's, hey, did you see this one? And I'm joined, as always. It's Steven. It's Kalen. This week, Craig on the show. And that's our show for this week. Goodbye. I don't like this. I don't like the way that you just said all that. I don't like how you made it a run-on sentence and made me feel (laughs) ill to my stomach. Also, yeah, it was like the motion sickness of conversation. (laughs) I did that on purpose to make everybody feel sick to their stomach. I apologize. I am joined, as always, by Kalen and steven and you that's me you may notice we have a guest on the show um it's craig he's back he was here for halloween part two last october for the grimoire familial killers and he's back for the we're gonna back baby we're gonna do a spooky little movie it turns out guys it seems like a footnote almost like it could be in the grimoire somewhere like they mentioned it in the grimoire yeah, in the like, cabin, the cabin section. These four weirdos show up. I guess we'll get we'll get the to same the... cabin where uh, what is uh, Evil Dead? Evil Dead takes place. Kind of, yeah, this yeah. is this takes place in the same cabin as Evil Dead. It's just not uh, being attacked not by the, the necro- Necronomicon deadites. Yeah, no, it's a different deadite. <laughs> I mean, that place is kind of famous now, so they're just Airbnbing it out. Yeah, exactly. This couple and it, it costs there. so much. It cost them yeah. like like twenty thousand dollars for the weekend. Well, they're funding the next movie. It wasn't yeah, inflation, COVID. It was an affluent gay couple, which uh, they definitely had money if they were able to uh, adopt a young lady. If yeah. you didn't know already, we're doing knock at the cabin, not a knock at the cabin, as I've been fucking calling it in my brain for a month. Knock at the cabin, but it is the cable guy, which I which I learned today. Um, yeah, knock at the cable guy in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a sh- this is a small little uh, flick that came out in 2023 because this is real review repost. recently released real recently repost. released real review repost month. Pretty sure I came up with a name and I cannot remember it to even try. So I'll let you guys struggle with it forever. Well, I'll let you guys know. I've been going through old episodes, the old Instagrams to put them up on YouTube, and it took us all six weeks to actually get the summer of summer movie series out. On the last one, I finally said it without fucking it up. So in our rich history and our rich tradition, I have no idea what the fucking month is called. It's new movies. Um, This movie was released in 2023. It's an M. Night Shyamalan joint. And it's got uh, professional wrestler Dave Bautista, who now is more known uh, probably as as a very good actor, considering he comes from the world of professional wrestling. So I don't even think I've ever seen him. I'll call him better than The Rock. I was I saving would, that for later, but I, I think he's a better actor than The Rock. I would say. Uh, I yeah, I have a lot to say about Dave Patisse's, uh performance in this movie, but let's uh, take a moment to appreciate okay. that Craig has returned from the grimoire. He's from the pages of the grimoire. Yeah, hit him with that. Thank you for returning. Is there a show, Kids Street? Are you guys too young for that? Where they clap over their heads? Yeah. Or it was like, a kids game show and they clap like this. I, I used to be in like a jazz band when I was in the eighth grade. Oh, that was some finger. nice snapping. Because yeah. it was quieter and more respectful or some shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh gosh. <laughs> Too many. The first, the quick first. Look at the drive time commute. We've got Mike yeah. and the boy. The, oh, the quick first. And today we're talking about knocking the cabin. Whoopsie. The quick first. No, that's a good one. The fastest way to get out of the. There's some really long sounds on the soundboard. Anyway, Craig, welcome. We have sounds now. Uh, speaking of. Thank you. We're, we're going to yeah, take a, a heads up would have been nice on some of those sounds, <laughs> but I suppose <laughs> that's coming the point. from embarrass, me? embarrass yeah. the guest, embarrass the new guy with the fart sounds. That yeah, that's that's didn't what we expect. Do. So we do have a, a segment on the show that uh, I guess is now called uh, "Our History" with uh, the movie. Uh, check this out. A brief history. Nice. So this is, of course, the part of the show where we go around and talk about our history with the movie. Uh, this this month, um, where we've actually introduced this sound, it doesn't work as well because, you know, we all probably watched it yesterday. But let's do our best. Craig, we'll start with you because you have a little bit of history with this movie. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the first time I watched this movie was about two weeks ago was when a Jason man. had asked me if I wanted to... Yeah can hardly count the, the ways um jason had asked me to be on the podcast so i was like well sure i'll watch the episode and he was like i was wrong about the date it's gonna be the week later so i, I watched it again today i finished watching about two and a half hours ago the second time so it is fresh up here in the noggin i didn't think nice. i was gonna have more notes to take but i had more notes to take um i have seen other m night Shyamalan movies and uh that's about <laughs> as as much as I'm going to divulge of my history of this movie, yeah. <laughs> that's as much as you're comfortable. Is I have yeah, letting, yeah. Letting we'll, me I mean, I'm drinking internet. some wine. I don't know if that's on uh, yeah. catchable on camera, so I, I might lose that. that later. You're like that guy uh, disclosing the information on the UFO. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to read about that, and then my wife came home with the kids, and I had to pay attention to kids, so I didn't. Yeah, jeez. Uh, I mean, I kids are like aliens. Those. They're alien to me, at least. I don't know what the fuck's going on in their minds. <laughs> Jesus. No, they're crazy. Yeah. Wow, what, uh, a, what a tremendous history with the motion picture <laughs> knock at the cabin. Uh, moving yeah. on to Kaylin, what's your uh, legacy history with the M. Night Shyamalan-directed hit knock at the cabin? Allow me to tell you about my rich... Um, <laughs> Damn it, there's a word I was looking for. I couldn't think of it. Uh, History? Uh, what? <laughs> tapestry. Rich tapestry of of history with this <laughs> film, if you will, as a, you know, according to Jason's rules. Also, I'm going to interrupt myself by the end of my thing, but my first experience with this movie was Sunday. Uh, I'd never heard of it before we brought it up for this month. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've seen any trailers the i was actually thinking about this earlier and I'm, i don't miss it i don't have cable but i kind of blame not being on the not being in the know because i don't have cable anymore like i don't see previews i don't see commercials and stuff so i don't know about things i'm like under a rock until my good friends uh let me know about cool stuff um but sunday was my first uh my first time with this movie and then again yesterday and then again today and um, I didn't know it was M. Night until the... So on the weekend is when I start getting ready to do promotions and getting, like, pictures and, and info and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I 
moving forward, I'm going to try and watch the movie before I start doing that because doing that can sometimes spoil things about it before actually having seen it, which uh, I'm now of the mind that I'd rather know nothing at all about a movie than anything. Kaylin, uh, yeah, one of us, one of me, one of us. I'm with also, you, man. I didn't know anything Jason, about this movie. Listen, I think that's a strong yeah. argument for a lot of movies. I'm not saying for all, though. Okay. I'll never admit that all. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, I got to interrupt us here for a second. Can you play the soundbite? Yeah, hold on. Uh, hold on. Uh, what, you got to interrupt us for a second? Okay. That's when they said the name of the movie in the movie. <laughs> so, we don't get an official movie title shout out. But I had to give an honorable mention, a uh, uh, hat tip, if you will. A what? Uh, a tip of the hat. Oh, okay, yeah. 10 minutes, 23 seconds, we get a physical knock at the cabin. Oh my I absolutely, God. I wrote that down. Seven knocks, according to the subtitle. I'm starting it to realize seven, that, yeah. Kalen, it, it might be appropriate that you just say when it happens and then Jason plays the clip because the way the audio is is that it's like, that's when they said the name of the movie in the movie. So it's like, you it right? makes sense for you to say it and then he plays it. Let's the try it afterwards. again. Let's try it again. Let's try it that way. Okay. Yo, yo, yo. I got to interrupt you guys just for one second. What? Why? 10 minutes and 23 seconds into the movie, that's right. when they knock at the cabin. Holy shit. That's when they said the name of the movie in the movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that worked. Yeah, that's that's better. Good job. Good job, Steve. Thank you. Craig. uh, And back to you. I've had to say this to every guest uh, since uh, I think think Ghost in the Shell was the first one a few weeks ago. I apologize for working all this out. Uh, Our next round of guests are our guinea pigs for these sound effects. Yeah. so, I'm a, you're I'm a Craig's like that last sound effect I'm just deleted all my notes somehow. <laughs> what the fuck? Just shit my pants. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Steve, what has his with your illustrious history of the film Knock at the Cabin, starring Dave Bautista? So I. Uh, saw this movie yesterday for the first time actually and i was i was planning on watching it maybe once or twice before the podcast and i just didn't get around to it this week was a little bit busy for me but i uh i did watch it again today during the day because i did like it enough and i was surprised because we all know that m night Shyamalan is a great director we've done him probably what like three or four times now on the podcast we love him here on hey did you see this one but he also is you know he's not always great sometimes you gotta deal with a stinker jason if you will sometimes you gotta deal with a stinker uh, i thought you were just gonna make a fart noise immediately oh, um sorry oh, I, I was trying to i'm trying <laughs> That's to the twist yeah what a twist there wasn't a fart noise when i said stinker (laughs) um but i uh i was surprised and i didn't really know what it was about i had kind of a somehow (laughs) thank you i was able to avoid spoilers for this movie almost entirely and all i had seen was sort of the the tiktok and youtube trailers that don't give much and i i often skip those right like i'll see maybe the first three or four seconds and i'm like nah i don't want to watch this 
Um, and I'm glad I did because this movie does sort of um, release itself slowly and deliberately throughout the movie uh, in a good way. And I'm, I'm glad that I didn't know too much about it. Um, but yeah, yesterday was the first time I watched it. And then I, I decided to watch it again today because I had the time, but I was also doing some weird sound recording while I was watching it. You guys might hear some of that stuff you folks tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recorded that, that, I recorded that noise. Steven in the bathroom earlier today. That's a good... That's not, a, not in the bathroom, no. Straight here in front of my microphone. Um, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Short and sweet. Mine's pretty simple, actually. I, uh, I watched it on my lunch break at work, and then normally I would just wait till the next day. And I just went home and finished it because I was so captivated. And it the one-hour mark of the movie is right where uh, <clears throat> the second plague happens. So I was like, man, I got to see all these plagues. Um, I will talk about what could what could have been better, and it involves the plagues. However, um, you're like more plagues, more, more plagues. plagues, more plagues. I want the Egyptian amount of plagues. I wanted at least a fifth <laughs> plague. Um, at any rate, uh, yeah, I just I just watched it, but like you guys, I only saw the trailer, and the original trailer only really shows it as them kind of trying to get in. <clears throat> You don't like you don't find out that they do actually get in from the trailer, as I recall. And if they did, I watched a trailer after, and it does show stuff okay. that it, it's ambiguous enough that you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" But you know, it does show enough stuff that if you even have sort of an ink, like a, a hint at what the plot is about, you'll be able to sort of piece it together in your head. Nice. So. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I also have seen M. Night Shyamalan movies, and um, this one has an interesting twist in my opinion, which will be another segment that we're going to come to. Um, But that concludes the uh, brief history, and now we are entering the, what I like to call, the body of the episode. (laughs) Ho, 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 ho! Everybody back up, because here comes the body of the episode. Can I, before we start talking about getting into the body, uh, yeah. who's doing all these voiceovers or these new sound effects? Is we that hired Steve? a guy. No, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I'm Steve glad is, I guessed. Yeah. This is Steve's jumping off point to uh, get some work in the voice acting biz. He has a lot of, he has a, a long resume and a Blast demo rock. reel and he's uh, done the voice. He's done the voice. No, I, I the just show. had like a. I slipped on an aut- autistic banana peel today and was just like, whoa, let's just go for it. And I just like recorded like 10 things. I want to say up front, I didn't get twisted by this movie. You didn't get twisted by it? Okay. Do you know no. what? Do you there know wasn't what? the classic Shyamalan twist. I oh, believe the big friendly giant from the get go. I what? will tell That's you fine. the truth. No. No! It's him! Run! Run! He's got his... His theories! They're all so terrible! Okay, that goes on for way too long. That was uh, a Jason double tap. He fucking shot us with the body. I think just leave it at He's got his theories! Yeah. yeah. So I, I made a shorter one today as well. But anyway, I, yeah, I ahead. do have... So, Jason's theory corner here. I do have a theory... Um, about the twist and it's kind of telegraphed through the whole movie if you know stuff 
I think that the, the M. Night Shyamalan twist of this movie is him actually saying out loud that they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It was pretty obvious if, like, you kind of just watch the movie. I mean, I would go ahead and say that there is no twist, and that's fine, because he didn't write the movie. He's adapting it from a novel, and it's if not... If anything, there is a twist because it's different than the novel, slightly, at the end. I'd say that the movie is, is rife enough with mystery and tension that is constant throughout that mm. you're 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 expecting something to be off you're expecting right. a twist that it leaves you sort of like balled up enough throughout that you feel like you're watching an M Night Shyamalan movie but you don't get that sort of like moment of realization hey, where it's like oh yeah. milk is the key but as <laughs> ernest said or whatever but you're saying the twist is there is no twist no, because I have another. I have another. I think th- that going into an M Night Shyamalan movie expecting a twist is just like sh- stop. That's old hat. It's like two thousand eight. You know, <laughs> he's not doing it anymore. I do have another theory, though. I do have another theory that I think has merit. Maybe more merit than that being the twist. I think that they play around with um, the conventional antagonist protagonist idea. Mm-hmm. I think that Andrew was the antagonist for the whole movie. And like Kalen, I believed the giant from the get-go because this is a paranormal movie in to a degree. And I do like that throughout the movie, he keeps being like, well, you know, he's just timing this. There's all, there, all these things are already happening in our world. It kind of harkens back to like COVID and like terrorist attacks. And like, it, it feels, it feels. Uh, I, I kind of feel like you're getting a little ahead of the conversation, which true. I guess is fine because I mean, I would argue that humanity is the, or is the um, antagonist that is working through Andrew as the antagonist. Like that's, Fair. that's sort of like the point I, I, I would think, but Be- before, before we go further, I just wanted to tell you that I did have a, a theory beyond the the actual M Night Shyamalan twist. I want to hear this theory. Okay. Yeah. So that the was... theory beyond the theory beyond the theory. The body of the episode. <laughs> okay, back to the body of the episode. <laughs> All right. So why don't we start with the opening of the movie, which is pretty good. It has a classic sort of M. Night credit opener. What, what about the old school Universal logo? I like that yeah, a lot. That was nice. I like it, but I'm curious as to why. I think that M. Night Shyamalan, when he was making this movie, felt like he was making something that harkens back to an older time. So he thought that putting that up front would get people into the mindset. Yeah. I don't know that this yeah. is true. Um, but it does feel like a, a a small budget movie in one location that is yeah. you know cut off from bottle episode. Yeah, I, I even have a note here. Jason loves the term bottle episode. Say it. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. So, Kaylin, we've been Kaylin, we've been working hand in hand in this episode uh, this week. It, this is a rare team up. We're getting along. We yeah. get along. <laughs> we started this gangster shit. And this is the motherfucking thanks we get. So, well, oh. no, yeah, that, that's I. I literally had it. I'm like, Jason will maybe mention bottle episode. Try to say it before he does. <laughs> <laughs> and Kalen mentioned it before I could do it. So good job, Kalen. Um, Shame, but it it does feel like a an older style thriller, like something that you would see in the the 60s or the early 70s or something, where you know 
the the tension comes from uh the dialogue and the conversations between people and you don't really get a lot outside of that you do get some stuff and it, it's it, it has a an express purpose which is to have you understand why these two people could ever decide not to save humanity which i find great and amazing like that like and the reasons why they would ever decide to not save humanity are so strong Val for me at least uh and I guess that's why I think that they he decided to do that. Like some actors or not actors, directors decide to do that because they're trying to make it feel like it's a different era. You know, it's set in the 70s. So let's use the 70s logo. But this one just felt like this, the attitude of this movie and the vibe of this movie feels like a small budget thriller or horror from that era. So let's use it. With some but, recognizable uh, faces and some not so recognizable faces, much like horror movies mm-hmm. like to do. Now, is that Ron Weasley? Mm-hmm. Sure yeah. is. Okay, because I get him. I have a note. Harry Potter's friend, right <laughs> there. My third note. I wrote <laughs> down. I wrote down. I grew my beard just for him. Um, I get Ron Weasley and the guy from the In Betweeners mixed up. That who kind of looks like Ron Weasley, but his face is more shaped like a football. Um, so I wasn't sure if I was just, if I, if, yeah, we call him Hay Weasley. Hay Weasley. Uh, I wasn't sure if I just had like British, British ginger blindness, which I do yeah. often get. Um, but that, uh, I thought that he did a great job except for his atrocious American accent. Yeah. I don't think he's great uh, at it. Make him American and then, but also make him do the Boston accent. Like yeah. it's yeah. just. Well, I he think that's one of the like, easiest yeah, accents to do, <laughs> no. right? So they're like, just do, you know, what you think New York is. And he's like, all right, I'll do New York then, I guess, I suppose. <laughs> I'll do, I'll we'll get a gas factory bad. over here. You know, we make gases inside of it or something. Uh, yeah, I, I immediately... Because I, I didn't want to listen to that accent. Oh, but also, like, just make him British. Make him, like, yeah, a weird British guy who, weird... like, lives yeah. in Massachusetts. Like, I don't understand. Like a Brexit, like a Brexit weirdo. Because yeah. he... He's oh, like, I didn't want to call English people homophobes. I bet that's it. I guess. They're like, we're going to make this guy a piece of shit. Uh, then cast Bill Burr make him American. in that role. Maybe they did try to get Bill Burr in that role. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not playing a homophobe. He'd be too over the top. People already think I'm a homophobe in real life. I'm not going to do yeah. it. Um, I want to know from the people that watch this movie multiple times, does the opening credits tell the story? The drawings on the, like, does it tell the story of the movie? It more hints at, like, what it's, it's... about, I, I'd say. Like, it's it's more like, hey, you guys heard about the Bible? The, <laughs> from what I remember, like... it shows the, the, web, the tools that they were going to create, and it showed a cabin with trees around it. Okay. I thought I saw and it also actually so it did it did reference each um, horseman or whatever. There was a, a nurse's um, or, or there was like a medical sheet. There was a, like a grade two learning thing. There was a menu and then there was a gas bill. So it was like they were drawing on what yeah. they had at hand. So unlike last week's episode, which was uh, knock at the black phone in the basement. <laughs> um this this one doesn't really utilize its credits as well but it's it's just sort of like hinting at what you're going to see it puts it in your head so you you have this imagery there but primes yeah yeah primes you for what you're going to see but yeah it didn't really do much wasn't as efficient or economical as i prefer in those types of credits which usually it's like why not utilize it you know like I, maybe they had one and and they were like this is too much we're telling too much of what it's going to be 
like it was yeah. going to be like biblical pages or some shit like it's the devil Spirit and versus death and stuff yeah it's like yeah maybe we can't put that but then they like also have moments in the movie where they're literally just spoon feeding you what it is and you're like okay we you know what would have been great is if we all saw this movie and then like one of us caught on to something and then talked about it on the car ride home that's kind of one of my main issues with the movie. We'll we'll get it more into it as we go along, but like there's there's a few moments in this movie that I'm like, we didn't need that information. It would have been nice for us to talk about it afterwards as human beings and sort of figure it out amongst ourselves. Yeah. Sure. Uh, like at the end when he literally says the the, the four horsemen. Yeah, and then he like well, okay. what it's each one the is. The last minute like, of the movie. God damn it. Yeah. So I do want to talk about that briefly. I don't know if we want to get into it now or if we want to sort of keep going through our notes and in, in the plot a little bit. Um, or if you want me to just say how I feel right now, I mean, let's. I will say that I don't have in... very many notes. Let's move into the the movie. Like, okay. Start up in the um, movie. You know, the movie we, we haven't. Just we haven't. Um, <laughs> true. We haven't talked about the actual plot of the movie. So, Craig, can you give us a quick? What's this movie about? What is the plot? This of movie is this... about uh, a same-sex couple that have adopted a brother, adopted daughter to a cabin in the woods. Uh, for some vacation time, but then a giant of a man uh, approaches. What's her name? Wen, the Wen. daughter. Yeah, Wendelin. Uh, while or she's Wen catching short. catching grasshoppers, grasshoppers and locusts. By the way, same thing. Uh, <laughs> and so that's symbolism. The grasshoppers she's catching is symbolism of or, or foreshadowing of the plagues to come. Because locusts were one of the plagues, weren't they? Yes. Uh, yep. Just something I something I noticed there. Um, but then the this guy this giant and his uh associates uh i don't even know how to describe it at this point they try to convince when and her family that in order to avoid the apocalypse they have to sacrifice one of themselves and if they yeah. don't then the four and plagues, they have to agree uh, upon it as a loving family the three people in the family have to decide to it's kill not a one. sacrifice if you're not actually followed yeah. like and they can't kill act. themselves yeah. they have yeah. to pick someone and someone else has to Often. It has to be agreed upon between the three people, and the girl essentially is like, "You guys figure it out." And they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to kill you." And yeah, she's like, she's well, like seven. "I don't want either of you to die, so whatever decision you make is fine." I had a moment where I was like, "Is this going to go dark? Is the ending going to be?" So I had a million fun? of those, and that's the M Night phenomena of watching an M Night movie. I was like, "This, there's going to be something bad that happens," like because there's so many moments where they're struggling. Would you? Would you? Sorry, I have to interrupt you. Would you call it the Shyamalan phenomenon? <laughs> the Shyamalan phenomenon, yeah, I like it. Shyamalan like phenomenon, yeah. Shyamalan <laughs> phenomenon. Did I call it the just, M Night phenomenon it. when I I totally missed the Shyamalan so, phenomenon? Yeah. God damn it! Maybe I was too scared to say those two things too close together because I almost like the Home Alone of it all, the Shyamalan phenomenon. Yeah, um, I just gotta add though that opening scene between. Um, Leonard and oh, uh, I want to talk Red. about that too, but I just was gonna continue on with what Craig was. But yeah, I sorry, go ahead, Kalen, you go first. No, you go ahead, Steve. Let's no, go ahead. you might have the thing something. that I was gonna say, and it Jason, might you be... say something. Hey, well, everybody, have you heard the news? Okay, okay, okay. So the thing that I like about that scene the most is that he comes in and she's clearly scared of him, and he's trying his hardest, but he has all this skill that we learn about later in the movie of being a. I think he's a second grade, grade teacher. Grade, grade two, two, yeah. And he, he also is the coach of the school. He teaches both the, the girls and boys teams and everything. And uh, he's clearly very skilled with children. And he's, you know, utilizing that ability to talk to her and make her comfortable. And he does. 
to the point that he's like, let's play a game. Oh, I also found this flower on the road. And like, who knows if he actually found that as a tool to in this moment or if he just like picked it up and he was like, I like flowers. <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a big kind man who likes flowers. <laughs> and then he's like, OK, I can use this flower to do this. But when he first comes up, he shows that he's also good at catching grasshoppers. And there's a moment where he's about to put the grasshopper in the jar and he's like, you know, be careful. We don't want to startle the other grasshoppers because they might run away. And like, even on my first watch, I'm like, is he referring to the other people in the cabin? And like, like I was like, he's is he being like a crazy monster man? who's going to just like grab her by the throat and be like, all right, we're going to this cabin because I didn't know what it was really about yet. And I kind of liked that uncertainty and that sort of, you know, symbolism that they're already throwing in your face. And he says, uh, you know, no matter what happens, when I kind of got onto his side, he's like, no matter what happens, I hope we can still be friends after this. You know, like Mm. I did get a tinge of like this. There's something at play here. But going through the M. Night, the Shyamalan Malamalan. What did we say? Two seconds. Something like a Shalomalan. Let's call it a Shalomalan. I had a point in the movie too where I was like, "There's going to be nothing. Nothing's going to happen. They're all going to like unalive themselves, and then it just there's going to be no apocalypse." I don't know. Like like his other movie, the um, was that one where it was really set in the. The no village. The, village. the village oh yeah. yeah where it's just like it seems like crazy shit's happening and it's just like but oh no it's nothing. just set in 2005 it's yeah fine. just turns out it's that they're in technology. a weird like nature preserve yeah. so uh, that, is that what you're saying jason it's gonna be like that other movie he already made where there's like there's nothing really special happening yeah i thought they were gonna reveal the that there was, a, there was a lady in the in the water and then there was gonna be a lady <laughs> in the water yeah they get in the cabin. She was one, of, one of the dads has a giant jacked arm. <laughs> He's just like, I, uh, I don't, I, I, even just the way they film it right away when he sits down, right? Like they have these really long, Those beautiful shots through the woods, too. and then Very they do close. these close-ups of their faces where everything's soft focus behind them, and it's uncomfortable. And I can't even really imagine what that would be. It would probably give me sickness in the theater to see the faces that close for that long because it's not cutting away two long shots it's just going back and forth between the intimacy of their faces and it gives you an idea of just like how close one, they're one talking right? on that there's note, other movies we we got a cross section of mod, like very modern cinema and it, on top of that i've also seen we saw indiana jones i've seen the last couple marvel movies and movies like have this different vibe to them now where they almost all just kind of look like they could be on streaming service but this one actually did some like pretty unique stuff throughout uh, the movie. Yeah, through a lot of movie. good cinematography. Yeah, I yeah, really liked it a lot. There was one close up of when that almost felt like it was animated or something. Like it almost felt like it was her face was different because of. Did the, it feel like Kiki's artist. delivery service? Her favorite movie. Her favorite movie. She references <laughs> Kiki's delivery service. Is that has anyone looked that up? Oh, I've seen, the, I've seen that movie. I've seen that. It's on like Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Oh, 1989. Man, she likes the yeah. old old school shit. And the great thing but about it was when... it wasn't released in uh, North America until much much later. But also, she's maybe... a real one. She's a fan of this this show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing, but is... also that that movie is a movie about finding yourself and the per- and purpose in life. So you know, it it ties directly into the themes of these movies as well. I just want to say about. Um this movie and the last movie that we did a knock uh, a knock at the black door, black phone in the basement <laughs> is they also both don't feel like like this move the kind of movies you would traditionally see in theater 
and Black Phone felt a lot more like a streaming service movie. This one felt a lot more like a movie, that, like a theater outing. But it still had that, like, I couldn't imagine myself watching this on the big screen for some reason. You know, like, well, it feels like a movie I mean, you would see in a double feature almost. Like, you would have to see, you'd have to make, like, an evening out of seeing two movies. And this would be one of them. It's kind of what I kept thinking. I think that M. Night Shyamalan, though, like, he has that that sort of campiness to his movies and it's it's persistent through all of his movies right like it's one of the biggest complaints people have about him as a filmmaker is that like his dialogue doesn't feel natural and like he puts people in ridiculous costumes or like it's always very on the nose and and, like that's filmmaking at its finest to me in a lot of ways so like i i appreciate the weird dialogue you remember that moment in science the guy's like Ah, you want to go? You, they send people down to that like weird general who's like they they gotta check things out. You know, you should be sucking on supermodels' toes or whatever. You're know, like like no one talks like this, but That's it's appropriate. Quintus. It's appropriate for that moment, right? Like everything is appropriate for the moment. Mister Glass, for example, we did that. Everything yeah. is like feels very scripted. Like you're watching a play. Like they would be talking on a play and they'd be coming closer and closer together until they have to be moved further and further apart. And like this movie is no different. I think that he is very much directing his movies and stylistically creating his movies like they're movies from the 1950s where everyone has their close-up you know it's time for my close-up and like that that shit exists in his movies and i like it i i don't like it in every movie i don't want every movie to be like that because you'd lose your fucking mind (laughs) but but i do like it every once in a while and if somebody's good at it which i think that he is then it's it's great um and then speaking of, I just before we kind of move on to a new idea and we're talking about when and her bits, I thought that her acting was kind of inconsistent, but I thought when she yeah. was good, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. But she she Oops. did show you know, she's a little kid actor. I think she's going to be a I great, think she's also super young too. Like that's what I'm saying. I think she's a super yeah, young actor saying. ahead of his, ahead of her years. And like I said, the moments where she was great, she was amazing. It was kind of like um, Gwen. Was Gwen the name of the girl in the last movie? Who was the who was the daughter? Oh, no, man. I think that in the last movie, the black phone, like that girl nailed every single moment. Like it, there was I, not a single moment that fell off for me. And this, there's tons of moments where I'm like, they it, only had her for two hours that day, and that's yeah. all they could get out of her. And like that's yeah. fine, you know, whatever. But when She's she kills a, it, a she kills child. it. And this was my point. Um, yes, the, I agree. the two actors who played the couple, they were pretty consistent. Batista's consistent, and Ron Weasley did a bad accent, but he's a good actor. And then the other two relative unknowns were fine, I thought. Mm-hmm. They were they were good. The I nurse... think Ron Weasley's accent was the the weakest point among all of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that um, maybe just make him do. Like, could he just not do any, just... Well, I think that M. Night Shyamalan and him are now buddies, because uh, M. Night made that uh, that Apple show or whatever, and he's on that. So I think he's just like, you want to be in oh, my yeah. new movie? <laughs> and Ron Weasley was like, listen, I'm running out of pot of money, so yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> you know what I bet happened is Ron Weasley agreed to do the show only if he'd be put in the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I mean, another goddamn movie, and I'll do yeah. all the episodes of your Apple show you want. That's true, yeah. 
But I mean, I feel like I, I know a lot's coming out about like residuals in Hollywood, and people don't make as much money as they're perceived to. But I think that Harry Potter money—if you're in the top three, yeah, he's fine. Out, no, he's still getting he's it. Okay. He's still getting it right now. Like he's, I he probably gets like a twenty thousand. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but also it didn't it didn't really bother me. Like it it took me out of moments, but I think that his performance in the moments that counted, like, were pretty potent and powerful when he's we're fine when he's trying to put that mask down and he's, he's like, like scared like, yeah. and he's like asking everyone to like please don't break eye contact with me because i'm really yeah, scared like, that worked that worked for me and like as much of uh, as i was struggling through his like shitty accent earlier it didn't it didn't remove me from what was happening in the movie so i do want to talk a little bit about that um this movie is only like your attitude steve <laughs> You need I'm sorry, to stop. I'm sorry. I'm not post. <laughs> this movie has a weird uh, thing where it, my copy, I watched it on Amazon Prime, and it said 16 plus. So it was for it's 14A essentially. I don't know what 16. I don't know where 16 plus came from, but that's just what it said. That's probably some weird. Maybe British the UK. Rating. Yeah. Maybe it is the British rating. Maybe I watched it by. That's like the 18A. There, you're allowed to watch. Watch it when you're 16, I guess. But if this was rated 18A here, even in Canada, like they would show the blunt force trauma parts. And it, even though they cut away from the actual gore in this movie, I was still so like, I haven't, I wasn't scared for a second during Black Phone. It was mostly like creepy, but like mostly like, that's funny. And during Cocaine Bear, the, there was just like outrageous comedy gore. But in this, like they, they did a thing where they like, implied a lot of things and a lot of like build up and that's the stuff that gets me the the implication that's the, the effective stuff exactly right. that oh, yeah. this this one i almost had to be like i went almost after the first one i had to be like take a break but then i was like no it, it's gonna be fine they're not showing it it's just gonna i'm just gonna have to like brace myself for the next one and then by by the after the second one knowing that they were gonna keep going back to the tv and showing the new plague i was like what's the next plague what's the next plague um so, it was kind of nice to have them explain what the plagues would be, and then you get to see the interpretation of what they would be, yeah. even though it's kind of like you get the idea, sort of. You're like, hey, what does that mean? I want to see what that's going to be. Um, it was also nice to see that the first two were, you know, two Daddy Andrews, um, you know, chagrin, his 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 sort of like criticism of, of these people. Those two plagues could have been, you know, like, easily explained away and it, and I have it a is question the, about that yeah. i have a question the with with the first one with the with the tsunamis um the news broadcasts were live it was saying it was live this and even on the screen it's live but then he was saying it was it was re, it was pre-recorded or whatever and like i was trying to, when i watched it again i was trying to see like was there a moment where it said it was a pre-recording or something like i didn't that I didn't understand that. They part. zoomed in on something too. I noticed, and then when he said it later, I was like, "Oh, did they zoom in on it saying pre-recorded at the bottom?" But I, I would only if Kalen, if you watched it a second time and didn't notice that. Anytime they show live footage later, it will still say live if it's live. showing it from another channel. So, like, yeah, I mean, I didn't really pay too much attention to that, but 
if there's all if there's a plague going on that's killing millions of people and then all of a sudden like the second one is like look the plague and, they're, and they're, he's like that was already happening like that's yeah, how that's i think true. that's how his logic went back to being like no he, yeah he recorded that and he knew he knew oh, it was gonna be played okay. at that time and i yeah. think though that the i think that by the time planes were literally falling out of the sky on camera andrew was in like a weird like loop of denial <laughs> and he goes, he, oh yeah and he, he remains in it until the the end like even when the planes are yeah he was like i have to explain this away speaking of we do this on the show sometimes um because you guys like to watch movies multiple times did he see did eric see anything can yes. you you can see it something. was a bright light yeah okay no no there's a there's a figure there's a figure that appears yeah really i watched it three times i noticed the light shine i can send you a screenshot if you'd like i i even like i i uh definitely just rented it but uh (laughs) that's my favorite one that's my favorite one (laughs) that we've ever done uh craig if you don't know if you didn't notice he uh he covered up one eye because he had to sail the seven seas if he catch my drift so are we gonna have have eye patches we're gonna make a, a recording that's like yo. <laughs> uh, What's that song from uh, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Pirates of the Caribbean, they're number three. So yo ho yo, yeah, you can see it, and it looks like uh, it looks like death. Basically, it looks like a, a shrouded figure, and so I, I don't know. Watch- I don't know a ton about the mythology of the, the four horsemen. The okay, four well, horsemen. this is where I come in handy because this it's wrong. What they do in the movie is almost the opposite of the actual four horsemen, which is which. Well, I also wh- know enough. I think that's it, a thing, I though. I think there is an opposite to the four All right, horsemen of the talk, apocalypse. Cause... There's like the four horsemen of the 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 living or something well no they literally say the four horsemen of the apocalypse but the the four horsemen of the apocalypse are death famine war and conquest but there's right. also pestilence which i have which is um famine i guess or co- instead of famine, conquest yeah. pestilence so death famine war and pestilence no each one embodies like a a large swash of humanity's evil basically and like what they do to destroy the world that's what the four horsemen are these four horsemen though are nourish uh heal malice and guidance which are almost yeah so they except for malice yeah guidance is conquest right like conquest is you need to in order to be able to conquer something you need a, a a guide or someone to lead so that's what he is he's the he's the guiding force and malice then... i guess would be war it's almost like yeah. the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues they're okay. they're mirror images of each other but opposites or, or uh, they're not necessarily opposites they're, even, they're like yeah. they share the same idea but they have the same uh, coin, different outcomes two sides of the same coin yeah. but like nourishment and and healing are very specifically like positive compared to like they're... Nourish and famine, though, wouldn't nourish and famine? Nourish be and the... famine would be antithesis of one another, and yeah. and healing. And but pestilence. in order to nor- nourish somebody, so like pestilence, for example, you're 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 putting something into somebody's body in order to have an outcome, right? So the outcome is going to be very different. That's the idea. Is like they're the same sort of guiding forces for each thing. They just have different outcomes. That's how I viewed it. Anyway, we should probably let our guest talk. <laughs> 
My, hey, my earbuds are dying. I'm just trying to figure out how to uh, get my other earbud paired. And you know what? You so don't even don't need stop them. I don't that. have them. And it's a yeah, detriment. Yeah, that's true. People are complaining <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. Um, no, I love this. This is the shit that I was hoping to talk about was, um, you know, um, Jason, I'm glad that you have more knowledge than any of us about the Four Horsemen because I looked into it and I was like, yeah, like what they described is not the four horsemen it sounds like the opposite of the four horsemen yeah so they're like the anti what we all anti-crisis yeah. to jesus they are to the, the four horsemen i learned everything like i know about the ended. four horsemen from two places one the ninja turtles comic books when the ninja turtles literally and heavy metal album covers <laughs> well okay three three <laughs> oh, yeah. places ninja turtles literally fight the four horsemen in this week in the ninja turtles comics it got real weird uh mm. remember black Raphael? he's just 100 percent black he gets like shadowed Anyway, and I loved the the drawing of Pestilence was that he was just like this like swarm of locusts basically, um, and War was like this big like red like skeleton dude. I loved it as a kid. The other right. thing is the Four Horsemen professional wrestling uh, faction, but they don't really. It's not. I like thought you were gonna say now you see me now you don't. <laughs> no. Uh, John, John like, Cena is the fifth horseman of the apocalypse. No, the um. That's actually funny because he goes like this and they go like this. Um, the Ric Flair is might be the you know the war horseman, um, but also the album covers of Jet Throw Toll, I would say probably show <laughs> probably right. show the four horsemen. But uh, I I've been fascinated with the four horsemen my whole life. I did have to look up that's the Wikipedia article has um, it has uh, conquest instead of pestilence. But also famine no. and pestilence are pretty, pretty, like... Famine and, and pestilence are the same, I, I believe. Or, but are I've they not heard, supposed to be? But death, famine, war, pestilence are like the four horsemen that I know. So you think conquest and war are the same? Yeah, or malice and war. I also think that there's... Or malice this, and death. This tale is also told throughout many different... It's true. Uh, <laughs> like, the, the folklore it goes across so many different religions... I was curious because there's this figure that is appearing when uh, Ron Weasley is getting his head caved in. And I was like, is there a fifth horseman? So I looked up fifth horseman of the apocalypse and there are, there are so many versions of that as well. Um, None of them surprisingly were death. I I thought that it was going to be like death is the, like, you know, the all encompassing fifth bring death, I guess is more the lore of it. No, so like like Voltron. The, there are <laughs> there are two versions that I could find. I did like a very minimal amount of research, and this is not be, be, me being like I studied at Oxford for six years to give you this information now. But the, the two things that I found is that the Fifth Horseman of the Apocalypse is one of them is a bringer of anarchy, conspiracy, suspicion, paranoia, confusion, and mistrust, which is sort of like what humanity is now. Yeah. Yeah. The four uh, horsemen and, come, and then the sex pistols come shortly after. Yeah, but then the <laughs> other, the <laughs> other ones, which all, this at the same seems, time you also had Joy Division. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing this, this also seems like it could be the same idea as like what we're talking about here, where, where there's like a point where there's a horseman, and there's the one we know, and the one that this movie encompasses is that the other version of the fifth one is rebirth, renewal, and uh, facing the consequences of action. So it's like it could be the same sort of idea, right? Where it's like, if, if they had decided to let everyone die, then that one horseman, the fifth horseman would have come down and just 
created shit on earth or what they did i guess is create renewal for like everybody loves everybody and then when sort of represents that because she's young impressionable she has her whole life ahead of her you know well the name of the uh the nice version of this fifth horseman is providence providence which is you know providence powerful i have a question providence as in like the chosen land or whatever you would think that's uh, bad the unachievable beautiful world that we all want to live in what if they just didn't kill themselves they're like I think we all people thought that at least bring, once throughout this movie. The <laughs> what did they I just mean, honestly? Honestly, I I was on board with Andrew. I was like, they're like, you'll have to walk walk the earth alone. Cool, <laughs> let's do that. I've got I everybody that I love. Like, I don't care. Fuck everybody else. But when Batista's like, when Leonard's like, you know, when I couldn't get over the hardest was the screaming. That's when I was like, oh, that's a good point. You're just everybody's yeah. just perishing around you in the most horrible ways, and you have this like you have this like dome over you like saving you but then it becomes like a walking dead situation i imagine or like a this is the end the situation. dead walk the earth the yeah. dead walk the earth and then you yeah. know danny mcbride shows up with channing tatum as his uh as his sex slave yeah. <laughs> well if you're gonna have anyone as your sex slave i mean i love yeah. uh I how love do i get him with the cannibals yeah <laughs> Can I borrow Tatum for a couple minutes, please? Only a couple minutes. So, Drupal in the chat uh, just asked a very interesting question. I think it's pertinent to the conversation we're having. It's, yeah. a, it's a little joke. Um, it goes like this. What do vegan zombies eat? Ooh, uh, is damn. there a punchline, or are we supposed to guess? Well, Craig's, No, that's a good question. Craig's sort of, a, sort of a vegan, sort of out you. Do you know what the punchline is here? Uh, I'm sure I've heard it before. Um, a head of lettuce, an know. ear of corn, grains. <laughs> what is it? Grains. grains. Oh, grains. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. I like head of lettuce and ear of corn better. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> it's much better. Very matter of fact. It's an ear of corn. Next question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very matter of the fact. The eye of a potato. Uh, I told a, I can't believe we just told a a schoolyard joke on the pod. It's a lot like you know what does a gay Tyrannosaurus Rex eat? I just butchered that. No, it's what does a gay horse eat? It's hey. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> butchered it. Butchered it. Butchered yeah. it. Uh, I, I I do want to talk for a moment because we're we're sort of at that point now. You know the the four horsemen show up. Uh, we have a, a pretty intense scene, which I, I liked, which is them trying to break in. I don't know if we talked about it. They do yeah, let's, a let's... really good job of the cinematography. They do show things in that se- sequence, though, that made me think that the breaking in was going to go on for way longer. Um, there was a moment where I, I thought maybe one of them was going to be locked in the basement for a long time because they have this really beautiful shot of like them looking around a corner and a padlock on the basement door. And, and you're like, one of them's going to be locked in the basement. There's going to be a standoff in this, uh, you know, living room area where they're not going to let the one guy out of the basement and they're going to have them sort of pinned and they're going to have a, a long conversation. But then it just turns out that it's Batista. And he's him. Like, yeah. he just breaks through But it. then when they go to get the guy who's locked up in the basement, the evil dead has taken over. And, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like <laughs> an evil, a deadite. Exactly. So what I, my thing like another cabin that, movie. 
my thing with that whole like breaking in scene was how many window open windows there were and how many how I mean they smash a window. No, I know there were like two that got shut and locked for sure. I, I know, but like how many windows were open? Like they they didn't try very hard to get in. They had to this is what I like about They're this not movie. trying to freak him out. They're no, not gonna smash every window and be like, I got in this one. This it's is exactly like, what, what I'm getting to, Steve. Bedroom, like, all right, all right, all right, sorry, let Jason finish. I like that their intentions right from that part, like that's when I knew that like it wasn't like what the trailer fucking makes you think. For some reason I did know the conceit of the movie. I knew that like it had something to do with like they're forced to sacrifice themselves. And I think I think that's sort of hinted in the movie. Like you get like that voiceover during the trailer that's like, one of you has to kill the other person in order to save humanity. And that's all you get. That's all you know about right. the movie. But we don't realize is this isn't a conventional horror movie. You're they're not like trying to like you know block the the doors with wood. They're not trying to like hide in the basement. The the people trying to get in are are normal ass people who shared a vision. They got together in a chat room. They realized they all had a similar vision and they knew what they had to do. Basically, is like a feeling or like a, a, a vision. And premonition. A premonition. I mean, yeah. that's that's where the the Shyamalan phenomenon comes in, where it's like that's where the horror comes in. It's like you don't know if these people are telling the truth, and you don't know if you should be siding with the. I feel like that angle could have been played up more, though. Like I, I one hundred percent yes, I one hundred percent agree. They they maybe sort of gave it to us a little bit too early in terms yeah. of like us being certain that it they're telling the truth. Yeah, but that again, they 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 do a, a good enough job for really stupid people. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> if there's like a child watching it, you know, like a thirteen hey, year old movie something. before, come check this out. <laughs> um. But like, you know, I, I I sort of liked it though, like that I I could see the perspective of both of them, where I'm like, I believe Batista, and I also believe that this guy is having none of it. So I don't feel bad, I don't feel angry at this guy for not believing this guy, and I don't feel angry at this guy for really trying to convince this guy. It's like this weird dichotomy where I I. I understand both of their perspectives, like which is even balance. Or whatever. Yeah. Where like Batista could grab the guy and shake him and be like, <laughs> but he's like, just trying to be nice. And I'm like, he's trying his best to be nice. And this guy is trying his best to get out of the chair and he can't. And like, you know that he would just start swinging at Batista and Batista would be like, you can't beat me. Like you cannot beat me physically. I'm sorry. And that happens later in the movie. Like he even has a gun and he still, doesn't win like he shoots batista and batista's like sorry like i i don't want to kill you i can't kill you but i will shoot you in the leg that scene is so good like speaking of like broken windows they fucking they they lock him up in in the so they they throughout the movie they are trying to escape from their chairs they get tied up when is sort of allowed to like be free because he can't really tie up a little girl but then she does actually just like escape for a little bit batista goes and gets her and brings her back and then they do make a break um she creates a diversion um andrew is getting out of the chair by like working on like just pulling his hand out and at one point eric ends up getting a knife from i think i think when hands it to him as when does this cool little thing when she gives back her plate she puts the towel or the napkin or whatever. This is how I interpret it. 
she put the napkin over and took the the, the knife or whatever as she did it. Yeah, so right. she gets the knife to Eric. Throughout, the, throughout about 40 minutes of the movie, they're like escaping while different things are happening. They finally make a break. She creates a diversion. Eric gets free and is like kind of battling with Batista, with Leonard. Andrew just walks. So there's been this whole get thing during the movie where there's a car, there's a gun in the car. Okay. They keep referencing it. He's like, if I can just get to the gun, it's out in the car. Um, and we get flashbacks for the movie of like how that came to be. Um, that's not super important to what I'm saying here. He walks out and gets the gun and he shoots the nurse and they, you know, she goes down and they finally get Batista to go into a bathroom and stay there. And right when they're about to just escape, they hear a great commotion and then they, they're like, they just assume that he just like broke out the window. But if you look at the size of the fucking window in that bathroom, too small. there's no Thank fucking too way small. that too a small. dude who's this wide is going to get through a hole that's this big. So they do the stupidest fucking horror movie dumb bullshit I've ever seen. And they're like, if you're, Imagine if you're in they there, went in there with just a Batista, like, Bugs Bunny style. <laughs> basically, like, <laughs> like, if you're in there, you have to tell us. And yeah. he, they open the whole shit and it's the windows broken out and they kind of think our curtains closed. He might be in the shower. So he just shoots the shower and then I'm going, once. I'm going, there's a lot of space. In that shower. Yeah. Yeah. But How he do also doesn't want to, he doesn't want to kill him either though. This is the, this is the great, I think the thing is, he movie. shot, and there was no noise. He clearly missed. Like, if there was someone in there, that was a wasted shot. Like, he should have. But if he, he didn't raise him, he hit him. He, Did he? Yeah, yeah. Him he comes out and he's ble- He has a bullet hole in his right, arm. That's he just, true. He just didn't go, ow, or whatever. He just fucking he said noise would make when he gets Batista. shot. Yeah. He didn't even go. <laughs> anyway, mamma mia. The other thing that's crazy about that is like <laughs> <a> spicy meatball. <laughs> there's a bullet hole in the curtain, and you don't just see him on the other side. So you think, yeah. But you get like the only jump scare in the movie. You guys want to hear what I thought was going to happen? Yes. So yes. I thought, I thought what was Steve's I thought he was going to shoot. I thought he was going to shoot through it, and then I thought he was going to like open it. And then Dave Batista was gonna like rise up like he was ducking, like in the yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. he was ducking down and he's gonna be like That's what I would have done. Punch him in the fucking head. That's what I thought was gonna do that, but Dave Batista is way too big and, and couldn't crouch down on the show. Yeah, he, he was like, We're gonna That's need a I bigger heard. tub. That's what he I was <laughs> ducking, he still got shot in the air. Yeah, he, he was ducking his shoulder was way too well because he was ducked down in that tub. Yeah. He's got um, he's got some broad shoulders, man. He's a big guy. And you know what's crazy? big fucking head. He's uh, he's like <laughs> slimmed down. You should, if you go back and look at Dave Batista in like 2008. If you want to see a wide man, when he was like fully steroids jacked, WWE. That's what his wrestling name was, Wide Man. Wide and man. here comes the Wide Man. Wide, wide man. Saturday Night Steroids Friday. jacked didn't work out. Wrestling attitude. I don't know. That's what it sounds like to me when I listen to the you know honestly. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, I did want to mention earlier that um, M. Night loves his mental illnesses these days. He just is throwing them yeah. in every fucking movie. And not really to the detriment of the mental illness, just to the fact that he usually tries to connect them to real 
mental illnesses, which can be detrimental to real illnesses. But he also does do enough to let you realize that it's not the real thing. It's possible he got a little lost in the sauce. But it, it reminds me of that he's also a family man now. But and remi- I feel has more family values in his movies. More oh. recent movies. What does that have to do okay, with mental If I can illnesses? speak to that for a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. But I, I just have a note <laughs> that watching these tense family situations when you're a dad, mm-hmm. it hits different. I yeah. it. It's, I, I it was very emotional for me watching this and being like, fuck, like that's me and my wife and like my kids. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. Whereas watching this, like before I had kids, I'd be like, yeah, this is a good thriller, but it, it wouldn't have hit me like right in the gut like this movie did. I think I can uh, probably so speak to some of the other aspects of this movie as well that you guys might not be able to uh, imagine in your minds. I can um, imagine things. I can imagine parents driving seven hours and not giving you the time of day to fucking recognize that you love someone. Can you imagine being in a bar and saying that you love somebody and then somebody else telling you to shut the fuck up and then smashing you in the back of the head? Kind of. Okay. But like from a, you know, not, not from that angle, but just because of the person you're talking to. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm not. Yeah, well, we can talk about that later because I do have a lot that I do want to talk about for that. Like the flashbacks in particular are the one. uh, The only real thing uh, with the flashbacks I wanted to mention is that I really like that they never really they completely leave it open ended whether or not it was Redmond who attacked him. Well, until we don't. Yeah, they totally (laughs) really don't at all. Goes outside and gets (laughs) his license. They confirm yeah. it like multiple times. The like, flashbacks yeah. help get invest us in those characters, though. They help right. connect us to them. I forgot but... about that. Sorry, because <laughs> they, they do show <laughs> they show him walk. They show him walk away after he hits him with the bottle, and he's got the hat down. His and hat's down. His beard is yeah. bigger, and it is like pretty obviously him. But it, but... but they also established that they charged him yeah. and got yeah, him yeah. and arrested him and then they and knew his identity his name when they went and got yeah. his license and proved that it was the same guy yeah. right i do remember that now my apologies uh we need one of those sound bites i think that the like i said earlier like the flashbacks are extremely important to establish why uh andrew would 100 percent be willing to sacrifice humanity because every single one of the flashbacks is just andrew human- or eric Sorry, the the angry one, the one who doesn't believe it. Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's... But isn't Eric's the one that sacrificed, right? Sacrifice humanity. All okay. of humanity. Yeah. Gotcha. To keep his family. Okay, let's go. He everything his whole life is just him having to face like people that hate him for humanity just for, hating him, yeah. His parents hate him. Uh people Random from Mars hate him. He has to pretend to be his husband's brother so that they can adopt a child. Is that a thing? That, that yes. was one thing. Because they like... went to another country where they don't allow same-sex adoption. Oh. Through, okay. I didn't do okay. it, but through that, you can probably narrow down the country they were in. I don't know if all Asian countries have that, but there are probably... I think it was meant to be sort of like a umbrella. Like, you know, we went somewhere else and... But also, that still exists here. But it is a, it is. A, I mean, check out the Jackie Chan controversy recently, or whatever. Yeah, 
the actress who played Wen is Chinese, and the name Wenling is Chinese. So I okay. would assume it's it was China. China. I didn't um, want to make an assumption, but that's that's good sleuthing. I probably could have come up with that. I um, I thought it was going to be more. Um, I thought it was Korea because you know the laws. I mean, at the end of but the day, it could have been anywhere on the. It could have been Russia. It could have been. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. They could have yeah. just done it anywhere. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It, it doesn't. Yeah, the movie's not Pokemon specific. I think uh, more China. importantly is the fact that nobody wanted to adopt her because she had a deformity. The cleft, right? cleft lip. Yeah. yeah, and I particularly enjoyed that. Or not enjoy, but I. I understood that like oh she's also supposed to be like them right like she's she has been rejected by humanity as well and like that's part of the reason that like these three people are the perfect people for the horsemen to have to approach to make this decision is because like they all found each other and they all love each other for the right reasons and there's nothing else stopping their love or whatever right like that's the point and uh I, you know, I did kind of connect to a, a couple of those flashbacks. I don't know. Kind of sucks. Flashbacks. You know, but... I, um, that. I did. Those think... weren't good flashbacks. Oh, no. boogie shoes. Did you connect to that one? Because that was a good one. Well, the final uh, boogie shoes was great. No, we'll I, get to I haven't had a boogie shoes moment in my life. Yo, but, uh... next time I'm in T T dot, I'm taking you guys for a ride. We'll listen to some boogie shoes. We'll <laughs> fucking karaoke, karaoke or whatever. Karaoke. Like a soft serve. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah, love soft. I'm invited, right? Even though I'm a guest. Of course, you're invited yeah. to everything that and, I do. You're a former. And Caitlin's buying the ice cream. We were blossom. Buddies. I got you. We're nice. intrinsic. We're intrinsically then... linked for all of time. Sorry, Steve. I wasn't trying to downplay any gay stuff. You can say it. No, no, not gay stuff. <laughs> I wasn't trying to like downplay any turmoil. Gay stuff. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I do no, want to fine. point out that it is wild that his parents drove seven hours to stay for forty-five to stay minutes. For 45 leave, minutes. Yeah. I can only assume because that scene was kind of ambiguous. I thought I can only assume maybe it was a like, confirmation. I don't it, think it was ambiguous. I think it was completely doing exactly what it was meant to represent, no, no, which no, no, is no. that. But I, I, the ambig- ambiguity is what they were there for. Like they were just to come to, to visit. Dinner. But was it a, was it them revealing to the parent that they had? Yeah, was it coming out? Moved in together? Was it a full no, come out? This was no, no, this no. is just like I, a they could only I, handle... I want you to meet who I met. Okay. That's how I I figured it was like months and months and years and years of trying to convince his parents to come visit him and his boyfriend or, or husband. Yeah. I'm not sure where in the time. It seemed like they were already married and they had been married for a long time and they came to their house and all the mom had to say was, I like your fridge. And that's yeah. Yeah. that is a real and thing. And the dad just giving the dirty sly look. Yeah, because he's like, what am I, what do I, what am I supposed to talk to you about? So this is like the cheapness that I don't like in Split, right? So we talked about the string split where. Yeah, with the the assault stuff. The assault stuff felt a little cheap. And this stuff kind of felt a little cheap as well. But I was allowing it to slide a little bit more on this one because it's just sort of blanketing and not reenacting horrifying moments that are of like actual assault right whereas this is like okay this is a thing that i we we all know exists in gay people's lives not all gay people obviously but like you know people who have stories will say stuff and this is sort of like 
what straight people imagine it to be. It's like, oh, your parents come and they don't even give a shit. And then they leave. And like we have those throughout the movie. And uh, my main issue with Split was that it's it's a it's an actual like real heavy physical trauma that is damaging to you in your development. Whereas this is like stuff that it, it's also just as damaging and I'm not downplaying it, but it's, you know, it's stuff that you can you can deal with with your partner and you can work through and, and it's stronger. So it's a little bit more palatable, I guess, is what I would say. Um, no, you're, that's I, I absolutely agree with them. I don't know because I'm I haven't dealt with that, but the way that M Night Shyamalan deals with certain elements of mental illness, um, sexual assault, and in this movie, um, what it's like to be Vital norms. Homose- <laughs> homosexual, it seems like he glosses over it, um, glosses over things to make. Well, a I mean, point I, I will that, co- is, I... that that is cheapened because of how much he glosses over. To also at the same time use it to 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 be like a, a crux of a plot point. Yeah, I, I think in this movie though, it's 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 there specifically to explain one of the two aspects of two people, right? One person is there to. We're, we need to understand why he's so vehemently against this, which is like yeah, you know, we know more about Andrew than we do about Eric. Yeah. Well, we do know about Eric as well because we're seeing him through the the flashbacks. Too. Yeah. And they're not necessarily ever th- through one person's eyes. Right. And one of them is just more accepting to realize that other people are not accepting. They're they're <laughs> well, it's not that they're not accepting, it's that, like they just need to understand. Yeah. If they understand, then maybe we can eventually have some sort of relationship with them, and the other one is just angry. I think we get and... the best the best moment of that is right before he gets hit with the bottle where Eric is able to express yeah. himself and tell um, Andrew that he's kind of an angry person when it comes to these particular in times. He has a temper, yeah. And then Eric is like, well... I think it's important that he says you have a temper, but it, it's not a scary temper, but it does exist. But it does exist. And yeah. then, yeah. But then, but then Andrew says that Eric, like, he, he gets, he's a pushover, basically. And then Eric is like, we're trying to, we have to qualify when these are happening and he's like you're a pushover sometimes which is which which shows that like Eric he doesn't say like, that he's a pushover he says that he's off-putting he's off-putting it's worse he's off-putting he's off-putting in certain situations which is like but that's that that's that that shows who andrew is as a person too he like he he gets opposite to track also though like i see for sure for sure uh, I had a point that I was trying to make my way towards, but I, I can't remember what it was. I, I think it, it was mostly just to like that the, the flashbacks did the job appropriately and, and didn't feel as cheap as they did in, in Split. Whereas... I think the worst offense was in Split when like, they, like you'd, you want to play fucking wrestle with Uncle? Yeah, I, like, the I main point is that like no one's going to be traumatized by the flashbacks in this movie, whereas... Right. I could the, see people drama, walking out of Split because of the flashbacks that they're showing in that movie. Both, like, are, both are heavy. I would say both are heavy, and depending on when you experience them in your life, make them... I mean, with with what happened in Split, that is usually a early life traumatization. But also with what's happening in this movie and with what you're talking about, that's something that you deal with your whole... Well, not to say your whole life, but there's 
No, early... it is. It is something yeah. that you deal with your whole life, and you probably will never stop dealing with it until everybody just agrees to be normal and nice. Right. And I would say that they're both traumatizing in that, like, in, to that effect. They are. They are. They are. Uh, I, I would say that the caricaturation of what it is in this movie is something that they had to do to be able to show swashes of these people's lives over a long period of time. Whereas in split, it's a very short period of time. They just keep showing the same thing over and over again. And it's like, yeah, we get it. We get it. We understand. Stop. We don't need to keep seeing more of this weird Dunder Mifflin employee. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the fucking let's guy get off. From the, let's the get dark off of that. Seasons, I think I made my dick point. once again. That yeah. fucking actor always plays such a dickhead. Anyway, um, this is a movie. This is a podcast about the uh, hit film "Knocking the Cabin." Um, that was uh, yeah. I really feel like they covered what they needed to cover, but they they didn't have a lot of time because the runtime of the movie is only an hour and forty minutes. You don't want to make a thriller horror hybrid any longer because it's then you just sort of get lost in the details. I I did have like I was kind of taken out of the main story that was happening by the flashbacks, but do understand that the flashbacks are fully necessary to tell the story of why these two men are like this and where when came yeah. from is is really interesting to me, but I almost felt like the way that they were interjected, they were usually like at peak like the temperature rises to a certain point in this movie and then they do a flashback it felt jarring a roller coaster it felt yeah and it, it it sort of resets your emotions to go back into a flashback and i i was re- like the first fucking plague moment when when it's ron weasley fucking put in the thing like we talked about and he gets like a cutaway head bash and all the head bashes are shown from like with just like the 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 arm of the chair blocking it or like a complete cutaway as it's happening but t- when leonard kills himself it's the probably the most graphic death in the movie right but they're all very like the tension builds and builds then a thing happens and then it goes to the the cutaway to the flashback and it's almost like um i i don't know if you can do a drama relief the way you can do a a, a, a comedy tension relief, relief. But that's the tension relief is to is to re, kind of reset the the scene. I would say the tension relief or release is okay. that you know you have the moment where you know they're hitting the head and you hear the noises and you see the reactions and then they slow pan up to the blades being in his head already. You're not seeing the violent act, but you're seeing the aftermath. And like most of what Leonard's concern is is that they're seeing the aftermath like he often will you know put a blanket or pick them up and move them and be like we gotta move them into the other room so that you'll see this and you're like okay this is uh, this man is kind like he does not want these people to see a murdered corpse in front of them just as a funny uh, little thing though as a little nitpick um there wasn't nearly enough blood for the amount of viscera that would exist for these murders did you guys catch well, that? Well, that's how we make this movie PG-13, yeah. baby. <laughs> that's that's a, that's it's much like Black Phone. Um, but I also kind of liked it though cuz it's like and the I watched the you don't I don't really know how need much that though. That's I don't not, know how much more I would have got. necessary for the story. I don't know how much more I would have got out of this movie had they shown me uh Ronald Weasley getting brained that's by two true, bladed but instruments. Remember, remember how Megan 
has an R-rated cut, and I saw the PG-13 cut, and you watched the R-rated cut, and they literally just turned up the blood. I feel like this yeah. movie, if this... That was different, though. That's I know. a robot doll. I wasn't finished talking. <laughs> <laughs> if this was 2005, there would be the unrated version. The uncut, unrated, not safe no, for No, I don't think so. I think that M. Night Shyamalan has always been like a, I'm going to make a PG-13 movie, and that's, I what I, my, that's yeah. my goal. And he's never really... Goes Has he done anything that. R-rated? I or think that was the, maybe. I think the happening was like almost got put to R rating, and he was like, "All right, I'll 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 tone back the tiger eating that guy's arm or whatever." People falling off buildings. <laughs> but even like the R, like the R version that you got released later was like a guy got run over by a lawnmower, but it was just like a guy getting run over by a lawnmower, and a bunch of blood comes out, and you're like, "Okay, that's not." gross like you're not seeing someone get fed into a wood chipper like in fucking fargo or some shit i guess like where's the line though like where's the if if the if the movie rating board did it differently and they weren't so weirdly conservative about everything like how much how much sex and violence and gore should be in a movie i guess that's you know what a- they need they need a checklist just like you need a checklist for your number system when you give number ratings. Nope. I want to see your checklist. They do have a checklist, Kalen. And I don't have a checklist. I have a. It's called a vibe check. That's my checklist. <laughs> yeah. The just, exact opposite of a Jason check- just checklist. flicks the tip of his dick every 45 minutes. He's like, vibe check. <laughs> still hard. Are you still alive? Still hard. Nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually accidentally <laughs> forgot to write a fake. Like I was going to say, I accidentally flicked the tip of my dick oh, earlier today. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? Um, let's see. Oh, it's only 10.30. Cool. We're ahead We've of got We're getting plenty close. of time. Um, so, we talked hold about on, the flashback. Hold on, Steve. Craig, um, do, you have any, do you have anything you want to say? You've been... Uh, You've been kind of a silent observer for a lot, and I, I hope that we're not stepping on anything that you want to bring up. Um, no, I mean, I'm trying notes. not to interrupt, but I mean, I've brought up stuff like I don't have a ton of notes. Um, I mean, if I, if I want to mention some of my notes and go on a bit of a tangent, I noticed. Yes, please do. What I felt about this movie being in the middle of the woods is similar to how I felt about The Strangers. Did you guys see that movie with Liv yes. Tyler and... Uh, yeah. Glenn Howerton briefly. That's the one where like the strangers show up to the house or whatever, and they're like in the cabin in the middle of the woods, and it's like three in the morning, and it's just pitch black. Like I got that same sense of isolation or whatever from this movie. Like immediately, like when the the horsemen started walking up, I was like, oh shit! Like they have nowhere to go. They're they're just stuck in this cabin with these people, which was what I got from the strangers too, and that it's really engaging. And um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, you know what? I really like the tsunami footage and like the footage of the planes falling. Mm-hmm. So like we've been talking about, um, you know, not showing us the gore, not showing us this and that, but that stuff they show. And I thought they, they did it perfectly like that. I got such a sense of dread from that tsunami footage, even though it made no sense that that person would have kept filming yeah. until the tsunami <laughs> was literally like, thank them. God they uploaded it to YouTube <laughs> before they died. But it still, it looks breathtaking. I thought it looked so awesome. It was, it was a live stream, well, guys. Well it would have been, imagine they had like hearts and stuff going up, being like, "Watch out for that!" See, like the <laughs> chat and stuff. That would have been. Maybe they did that's do the that. They like it's, it's making it too comedic. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. That's the because... R version. They're like, "That's that's yeah. too fucked up." He's even <laughs> filming in landscape. Like, what a what a the what a top s- gentleman or whatever. The tsunami yeah. absolutely looked like 
it wasn't CGI. It was like a practical. They just did a forced perspective of it. I think the wave coming was really, really. It was ominous and spooky, and like I, I, I'm sure we've all had nightmares where like a wave uh, attacks a shoreline or something. But the one thing that the thing that freaked me out the most while watching was the planes falling because I do have that dream all the time of of just like multiple planes falling out of the sky. Well, the crazy thing about that is planes can't just follow the sky like that unless they get get hit by an EMP. I know, and that's why it scared me because I was like, I I know that logically, but in my dreams, they just like, we'll be, I'll be driving on the highway, and you'll just see like planes. I have an irrational fear of (laughs) flying that. What every time I take off in a plane, I feel like the plane's just gonna fall backwards because my fucking. So I've never, I've never had a dream. I've never had a dream where I crash in. I'm never in the plane when it crashes, but I I have dreams all the time where there's like just planes falling out of the sky. So seeing it in a movie shortly after. Well, I'm on this chat room right now, and apparently, like (laughs) several other people are having this dream. Uh, No, but like it's it's a scary thing that the visual worked for me and made my stomach kind of feel funny when I was like, "Whoa, God, this is this is a thing that that I've dreamt before." Yeah. Like, they're not just, like... Well, they're just tumbling, yeah. Yeah, it's they're like, not falling, like, how you would imagine a plane to crash. They're just kind of falling out of the sky. It's like they stopped and then fell. And yeah. it's a good representation yeah. of the sky is falling, too. Like, that's a good... Yeah. Like, when he tells the, mm-hmm. like... the I, I wish one of us had the foresight to, like, write... Or to write down what the actual... He says the sky will fall and... Like shards of shat- glass. Like shards of glass and, and shatter the on the earth and the fingers... The no, land. the fingers of God will pierce the earth and set it on no, fire. No, the so ocean's like, gonna punch the land and all Well, that's the, the first part. You're... I'm talking about the plane part. <laughs> We're Jesus. butchering it. We're doing a butcher. <laughs> and then he starts juggling the planets and, and says, the sky fuck the moon. And the moon and goes the moon, into the sun. Yeah. The moon goes into retrogrades. And then everybody buys some patchouli and puts it up the ass. My son is in Mercury right now. Okay. Well, Mercury is the name of a stripper I once <laughs> knew, so that's cool. Oh. Uh, well, I do think so it happens that my son is code for... Please don't let my son go down on me. Night, everybody. Someone talk! Yeah. <laughs> the Elton like, John song. As a father, that one hit me hard. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, we've said it multiple times before, but like throughout the movie, I did keep thinking that something wild was going to happen. Like it's it's a movie where you can sort of predict what's going to happen next. But because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, you're like, am I seeing everything? Am I missing something? Is there something in these broadcasts other than him being like, now that's some good air fried chicken that I'm not supposed to pay attention to. And then later on. Like later viewings, I'll I'll pick up on, and you don't the old really Kansas City shuffle. You oh, look you... left, and they go right. But no, no one ever goes right. You look left, and they go left. And you're like, oh, that, exactly. yep, they're, they're going left, all right. And like that's fine though, because you know I kept thinking that there was going to be some sort of horrible accident where you know they're wrestling over the gun, and one of them's going to fall. Or one of them's like you know when the uh, the nurse gets shot and she falls, I for some reason in my head 
I thought she was going to fall and then standing in the doorway was going to be the little girl and she was going to fall as well. Like she like the bullet went through her and shot the little girl. Like I thought that kind of shit was going to happen. And then it would be up to the two husbands to decide that they had to decide which one to sacrifice. But they'd be in such like a moment of grief where they would like hate each other. And then like the spell wouldn't work. That's the God spell wouldn't work anymore. In film history, it might be more worth. Like, there was a time when M. Night Shyamalan's name wasn't marqueed over the fucking name of the movie, and I think it may have, should have stayed like that, because the Shyamalan phenomenon has kind of ruined my It cursed us. Yeah. Yeah. But also, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have probably considered this movie as seriously as we, as we have, but I did, because I'm like Kalen, where it, it wasn't, Kalen didn't even know, and I knew that it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie in the back of my head. Not, not, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't really like until. But I... that's also not a twist. That's just a thing that would happen. That's not a twist. Where it's True. like, oh, then God came down and he was the fourth uh, apocalypse man, and then it turned out the devil was there as well. That would be a twist. But like, her dying wouldn't be a twist. That would just be a, well, a twist a would be that, that they're on like a game show. I have an answer to what you're <laughs> that's saying. That's true. Yeah, it turns out you're on apocalypse now apocalypse now <laughs> redux yeah. <laughs> redux yeah oh god that's funny so batista's a good actor that Be- you guys want to yeah, talk, talk about, about that batista for a minute for a second that dave batista he did he uh, has I mean, okay. i'm gonna call him a great actor for a wrestler for sure best wrestler actor best wrestler actor i've never of. even seen any of his wrestling the first I ever saw him was Guardians. Ironically, then, uh, not a good wrestling with a script in Guardians of the Galaxy. Ironically, not a great wrestler. Character, really? Character work in wrestling, fucking top notch. But so as, he was an actor first. He was just a big boy. Well, that's kind of the way that it goes with a lot of Rock. wrestlers who become big. It's because their ability to like connect with the audience is the first and foremost thing. But the mm. thing is, is like if you look at if you look at The Rock's career, when The Rock first got into acting, he failed completely. Fell directly on his face and failed. What are you talking about? Walking tall, run down. Those are all failure failures. What are you yeah. talking about? Those Scorpion King. Great. Yeah, um, you like that. Scorpion King. Yeah, but Kalen forgets yeah. <laughs> that just because he likes something doesn't mean it succeeded. The when The Rock came back to do like I think Scorpion King might have been like the t- kind of the tipping. Point. That was the first one, wasn't that the first thing no, he did? He was in like Southland uh, Mushroom Tales or and Mushroom. fucking the Tooth or no, Fairy. the Mummy Three. Wasn't he in the Mummy, mummy Three mummy, and then Scorpion mummy, King? Mummy Scorpion King was Mummy Three. He was no, that was the second Scorpion mummy King. guy. A second mummy was the Scorpion yeah. King. Yeah, but that wasn't The right. Rock though. But then he got the spinoff. Like the it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay, my bad. So he was in The Mummy 2 as the Scorpion King, and they liked him so much that they made a whole movie a whole called Scorpion CGI King with that terrible rock. CGI. Yeah, That's yeah. one of the only movies that I've ever fallen asleep in the movie theater. And I was like, did the statue turn into like a statue that like attacked everybody at the end? And my friends were like, no, it just fell over. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like disappointed by proxy. I've the never dream watched I had was again. way fucking better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just, I just pulled up. There's all these planes falling in the background. I just the rock is during hilarious. Ouija two or something like that. I, yeah, I just pulled. Up, I okay, so them. right around the time of GI Joe and Journey. Oh, even further back, he so, wasn't even in the first GI Joe. He's in like the third I know. Okay, one but he. Okay, so up is to there like, only two? up to like Tooth Fairy, he's shitty, and he did faster. That's it. That's that meme where he's looking into the back seat. 
Um, and then he was in Fast Five, I think is the He was a character point. they would bring into like failing franchises yeah. and they'd be like, now the rock's coming. And so Journey like, to the what? Center of the Earth. The rock? I think was what? Fast Five and G.I. Cool. Joe Retaliation. That's but then pain and gain is sort Are of Are you looking at his IMD IMDB right now? And I'm remembering yeah, so, you're just, so you're doing it in order. So the thing is is I think it's right around two thousand and fifteen when he was in San Andreas is when he becomes a leading man who is the just, Yeah, now just look doing... at Dave Batista's fucking filmography oh, and it's, it's amazing. It's all over Guardians. The place. Guardians two twenty forty nine. More Guardians. This movie. <laughs> Dune. He's in Dune, man. He is in Dune. Dune. He's in Dune. He has tiny glasses. In all the best movies, he's got tiny glasses on. He's in Army of the Dead. He's in a movie Army called of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. He's right. in. Oh, he's like the main character in Darnie of the Dead. Yeah. He's in Stuber, which I haven't seen, but it's got uh, Kunal Nanjiani, who's. I mean, he did his his fair share of like I have good I have to be paired up with a eight year old girl. All right, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> like he did that a couple of those movies, but like. This movie is by far like I didn't want to talk about everything he's done up to this point. I want to talk about this performance. This yeah, is this like maybe his best performance that I've um, ever seen. Cover your ears sure. if you haven't seen Guardians Three, but um, he kind of has a similar character in Guardians Three, and it shows his range as like a a person you. Um, feel... I mean, I would have I would say that he did a good job in Guardians. Two as well. Like he, no, but he Guardians, did. Guardians, I liked him in Guardians One. Right, but Guardians Three relates to this one with his ability to talk to children. That's all. It's not a spoiler. It's just right. You, well, the, what the, I mean to say is that, like in Guardians inside. One, he was just like, "I'm I am a man funny. who's I don't understand. And I can do. Irony. I can do jokes. He's funny. That's just funny. Yeah. Kalen, I'll tell you right now, it's easy to be funny. It's really hard to make people It's cry. not easy to be funny. I can tell you right now, it's not easy to be funny. That's a good I mean, point. I, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Exactly. Yeah. Like what, I'm a guest here, I'm so I'm not going to hurt right anybody's now? feelings. <laughs> That's how hard it is. I know, but like, okay, so his whole deal in the first movie was that he was just like a, I'll catch it if it goes over my head or whatever. Like that was, his whole shtick was just like But also lines. he was low-key reading how to be sarcastic. That's like, that's. Yeah, the and then, you know, 10 years later, he's now giving this performance, which is amazing. Like his tears at the end were real tears, man. He He harnessed some sort of acting power that I did not expect from him. And it was good. Like I... I know what you like, Craig. You said he's the best wrestling actor, but like this performance made me realize that there's a reason why I actually kind of get excited when I see him on a, a casting sheet for a movie because I'm like, oh no, he's actually a good actor. He's electric. Yeah, he's like he's electric. Yeah, he's he's electrifying. Which is he's ironic. the most electrifying man. That's in sports what I was going to say. It's <laughs> ironic because the Rock is supposed to be the most electrifying yeah. man. And then you yeah. have um, we were talking about this in the chat earlier, but like the you have John Cena, who did a lot of like I'm an I'm a dummy role, or and then he oh, did um, Trainwreck, yeah. and he he was like a character that was kind of funny, and then he was you know in the fast fast seven or eight and he showed a little bit of his range even though it's a fucking idiot movie and then peacemaker the sort of john cena's coming out yeah i think that that last 
the the last episode of Peacemaker where I, I saw him like fully like weeping on screen and I was like, oh, okay. He's actually a good actor as well. But the only other he hasn't he hasn't actor, done though, something like this. Like do you think true. John Cena could do this? I don't think movie? John Cena I don't could think be, so. I think John Cena has crossed over into the area that the rock inhabits i also never like i don't i'm not a wrestling person so i'm not like judging it based on their wrestling performances Neither i'm I. judging it based on just their i'm acting. judging I'm it seeing. based off these are big guys and they're they do funny things like you expect them to be big like fucking duh, 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 and then they're silly i find that fucking hilarious i agree with kaylin on this one i mean that is how the movie mr nanny got made yeah <laughs> that's my point is that attitude yeah mr Craig, mom thank you Hulk Hogan made a career out of doing exactly this shtick. However, the difference yeah. is... What do you Hulk... mean I gotta take care of these kids? Hulk, Hulk okay, Hogan Hulk Hogan. Calm down. Hulk about... Hogan was a wrestler. A pink tab. Now he's a tutu. Now, yeah, now he's a maid. Hulk Hogan scratch. is a bad actor. <laughs> he's just bad at acting and... He was just being Hulk yeah, Hogan. Hulk Hogan sounds like a... Like, I've heard a lot of like gay porn stars from the 80s and that he has the same voice as like what? a gay let me tell you something mean gene <laughs> no like his regular speaking so voice where he's like what do you mean i have to do what with what <laughs> i'm like oh that sounds like hulk hogan <laughs> so i've said that multiple times the underrated the underrated wrestler turned actor of mm-hmm. this whole thing is roddy piper he was the original he's like, great. batista live? In, in the way yeah. that he didn't just they go live. and be well, yeah. a bunch of other and, stuff. Uh, oh, man, the washed-up wrestler and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. And uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Holy shit. So funny. <laughs> we should do Hell Comes to Frogtown, but that has a very problematic scene I don't know, though, man. He, he wasn't... He didn't... He never really made me feel like he was feeling any appropriate emotions beyond I am a wrestler and I'm doing this. It was a different era, though. <laughs> it, the wrestlers were I know, but this isn't wrestlers. a different era. This That's is true. the era You're of right. now, and there are several wrestlers that are trying to become actors. There aren't. I think that Dave there aren't be- very many actors that have crossed okay, over. Okay, there are at least... already acting. There are at least true. three. There are three actors who are trying to become, like, the, the point, new though, Steve, Schwarzeneggers. And, the point okay. I'm trying to make, Steve, is that... The Rock is just doing again what Hulk Hogan did, and when The Rock first mm-hmm. broke in, he was trying to do. He played like the gay hairdresser in, in, in um in be uh, cool. I think be cool, right? Like he was trying to do different things, but he just doesn't have much range. When you just make him The Rock, when you just make Yo, him be The uh, Rock, then you're going to draw Kevin all Hart? the money, just like in professional wrestling. When you make Dwayne Johnson be The Rock in pro wrestling, you're going to draw all the money. I think what we're I want to watch dialing... that that Kevin Hart movie because I just like the idea of the two of them making fun of each other. No, for now. it's hilarious. That sounds entertaining. Well, I here's the thing though: is like I, I like I like uh, <laughs> I like The Rock in certain things, but I think The Rock very is funny. like like I watched. Uh, What's it called? The, the one where called he's, CIA, he's right? not Shazam, but he's the other Shazam. What's it called? Black Adam. Uh, Black cool. Adam. That movie. He what? was. It, he was. It sucked. It was a really bad movie. But I liked Jumanji. Like I loved Jumanji. Jumanji was awesome. Him See, and I Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Yeah, and, uh, I haven't seen Jumanji. Terry Dim- Dilliam. D- D- what's her Terry name? Gillen. Gilliam. <laughs> the thing yeah. about Jumanji Killing that's it. interesting to me, I haven't seen them, but they ha- they're acting as. Oh my god! You haven't seen them? Oh my god! Watch them, Jason. You're gonna love them. I'm with Jason. It's so good. 
it's so it's, good. It's like pure childhood fun. Like that's all it is. You're just like you I wait until my kids are a bit older. Watching it, I can say that because I have kids. <laughs> Once my kids are a little bit older, I've, there's I've got a whole just like backlog of movies that I'm like, we're gonna watch this. Well, my like, oldest them watch just like, uh, sit through Jumanji. Whatever, it's like okay, time for this one. Are you gonna get them to watch the first Jumanji before they watch the new Jumanjis? <laughs> like the Robin Williams ones. See, the thing is, like cinema, it's like it's filming techniques and editing techniques. Like, they've all like everything's been so tightened. Yeah. Like I remember an, an old girlfriend I had, she was just four years younger than me. I tried to get her to watch the first Mad Max movie and she mm. couldn't sit through it. I'm like, this is a cinematic fucking genius. This movie is so good. She's yeah. like, it's too slow. I can't sit through this. So I don't think my kids are going to sit through the original Jumanji. I'll have to just. Uh, just... Uh, no, I, the think original... I, I think they could do it. I think they could do it. I think they could do it. You guys do know my kids better than me. What? So I'll I'm, I'm curious now. I'm curious now. What kids are like both on TikTok? your list of. Let me introduce these to my kids. Like I, I like I don't have kids yet, but like that's something that I've thought about. It's like ooh, Human Centipede, Serbian film, Human Centipede three, three Serbian film, uh, uh, that movie where Serbian film, yeah, Anna Serbian film, Salo, fucking, days of Sodom. Yeah, that movie uh, where um, yeah, those. Anna Darmus buries uh, 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 John Wick up to his neck, and they blackmail. Yo, that was a good movie. Movie is weird. <laughs> Seriously though, no. Um, more like kids, but like Harry Potter. Um, the, despite the opinions about, about Rookie J.K. Of the Rowling. Year? All right, Caitlin, stop naming your favorite movie. I don't think I've ever seen Rookie of the Year. Sandlot's on the list. Of, like the Star Wars, I'm like, I'm not going to push them into Star Wars. My wife hates Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan in that they're good kids' movies. I'm not going to be obsessed about them. But if my kids are like, Luke Skywalker's fucking cool, I'm like, all right, Return of the Jedi. We're watching that next. Um, I'll watch I think the that, Ewoks uh, shit with them too. Those Jumanji actually might be like too scary almost, like for like a young child when I think about it. The original, no, they're like the it's got to be teen, like early teens. Well, like, the original late. one, like the the way it starts is like it's all about like a kid whose dad is like a piece of shit shoe owner company man. He's like, oh, that's like that right out. And he's like a so he's I'll like just... a billionaire or whatever. And he's like, well, you know, one day you're going to understand why I am the way I am, son. And then like he invites his girlfriend over, and then a bunch of bats like suck them into the chimney or whatever like remember that that's like the beginning of jumanji oh yeah remember remember that. That. Yeah, those cool back. nikes that fucked up the warehouse and then the beginning of the new jumanji is like video games we all got detention oh that sucks oh god now we're inside yeah, jumanji. have you guys seen tron <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh anyway Tron's on anyway works, yeah we're getting close 20 minute mark yeah tracks and also we're kind of, we've stopped talking about the movie so i'm gonna take us home um, Take us home. Essentially, what ends up happening is they, um, Batista, Leonard finally, like, offs himself. He's the final plague. He's the final kill. Should we, sorry, if I can interrupt. Should we, because I don't think we've run down what all four plagues have been. Why don't you tell us about the four? The or four who would represent? So the... It's also important, I think, that we talk about which person represented each plague because i think that they were wearing appropriate colors i will say that i mean they i were. didn't the first I didn't person really to go down to that, was, but like I, i'm like they're all wearing different colors the red so. horse was redmond there each horse had different colors there's a, yeah. a white horse a black horse a green horse and a red horse Hail. according to yeah. wikipedia yeah so so they're all pretty much wearing colors that match those so ron weasley or uh, redmond uh, his name Please. was Redmond. He had red War. hair. He had a red shirt. He was the red red horse. <laughs> too, too spot on. Too spot on. He's, He's the, the red guy. 
His name was Red Man. I'm the Red Man. He was the first to sacrifice himself for a plague, and that plague was uh, the tidal waves, the tsunamis, and the, like. They showed some, yeah, mobile footage of that that was was awesome. The second plague was, a but virus. also if you think about like war in general, like the startings Blood. of war. Usually it, like it is like it, it is it is the coasts that suffer first, the the borders of countries and stuff like. Oh, and literally nice. the like literally the point. they show the ocean. It looks like a nuclear weapon goes off, even though it's yeah, yeah the, the way they show, yeah. yeah war because yeah, yeah. they called it. It was like an eight point six uh, uh, rated earthquake, fifty yeah. fifty miles off the coast, like. That's then, like a second one goes off, and it's like, yeah, we're all everyone who's on the beach right now. Hopefully, everyone's streaming live to YouTube because yeah. this is going to be yeah. wild. <laughs> they have they have precious minutes to, yeah. to save themselves, but to, at least one person got their TikTok followers to uh, what do you put think those mustaches and sunglasses on them. What if you like dig toward? What, what if you dig into the sand towards? Kalen, shut up! You would have died. You know how sand works. <laughs> It's sand. I think the best fast. way to uh, avoid concrete. a tsunami is just let it happen and hope yeah. that maybe through a fluke, you... have your surfboard with you. Yeah, yeah, just ride it. Catch that perfect wave. Or dude. a gun. You could just like shoot. Hang ten, bro. <laughs> or an oven. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I was thinking about it, and there is a very slim chance that like you get smoked by the tsunami and you just get like pulled to the surface and survive. What if you hide behind the big rock? You guys are stupid. Chances are, I'm not stupid. Chances Man. are, you're not going to survive it. I'm saying there's a slim chance that you may just. I get... am stupid. <laughs> I think hiding behind the big rock. I I still don't think you're going to survive, but I think that's not a bad idea. I think your chances the big go rock up slightly. Will you and you'll be instantly. Well, dead. it depends. I mean, we're talking. How big is the rock? How big is the water? I mean, that's that's a lot of the math. Water going was pretty big. Decision, I guess. Water was pretty fucking big. You're right. What's the that's second? A lot of, and that's a, a lot, lot of big water. math too that you're that's talking about here. <laughs> What's the? They said on the news that like people like fifty foot bluffs or something weren't even yeah. safe. So like they were a very tall wave. The second plight was a virus. The virus. This is what kind of got something. me. X twenty nine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what got me about it was that T-virus, guy, basically, yeah. Andrew was like, he's been checking his watch the whole time, and they knew this was happening. I've been following this in the news for weeks. So if he was following it, the virus in the news for like a couple weeks already, like this second, so they didn't make the decision for the second plague, and the second plague comes. Is that just God like being like, okay, I'm turning this virus fatal now? Yeah, like getting, like, he's like turning yeah, the, the, like, the temperature up on like, the oven. Everyone's infected. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. It's like, have you guys ever played that video game Plague Incorporated? Yeah, no, but I know virus, what it is. You have to yeah. infect yeah. the world. It's, it's, it's almost it like God's like, playing Now I'm going to make it he just, like, uh, he's like, airborne. I got six. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to yeah. make it airborne. Oh, I got six infection points. I'm going to yeah. turn on some fatal Yeah, you, you start with, like, I'm going to make it sexually transmitted first. And then <laughs> I'm going to make it, like, you know, Monkey like, pox. if you if you touch stuff. Shake then, someone's yeah. hand. And then it's the airborne. And then it's airborne air. is the hardest one to get. You have to, like, do a lot of research to get the airborne virus up and going. Yeah. But. It's a good a good game and its sales went up like 400% when covid happened. Yeah. Uh, and then another 400% when this movie came out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um yeah, so that was a virus and the third one was uh, it looked so cool too, the planes falling out of the sky. Yeah, the sky And that's when that's when like Eric started turning, right? He was like, uh I don't I don't know if they could have predicted this, up. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 
No, I saw him on his laptop earlier. He was putting in some sort of flight simulator. And then the last plague, and then the fourth was the God. Last plague was right. The the fourth was God lightning scorching the earth or something. Which lightning? Yeah, the there's a bunch of lightning. Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And then because at the end when they're in the diner or whatever, it's like the lightning that has been constantly lighting everything on fire is suddenly stopped and it has no sign of returning. Like they there's literally like a line yeah. on the news. And all the planes suddenly stopped crashing. No, it's like what the one plane the that one didn't. Plane left in the <laughs> no, sky I think it was like it was like a no, it was Russia, Russia and Australia. They said the last planes have been reported safe in Russia yeah. and Australia. Yeah. So there's imagine being two. those planes. You're like, oh god, <laughs> like all the. <laughs> Like, can you hear me? Every single plane has fallen out of the sky. Like, if you're that pilot, though, if you're one of those pilots, do you get that goddamn parachute out? <laughs> oh like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm pilots, a pilot, I have a parachute on it all. The pilots so are the some only of those planes that might have been safe. Give might the planes because that pilot just ditched. We don't even need all the other parachutes. Just give the plane a parachute. <laughs> that is fucking that's, genius. That's genius. <laughs> the pilots are the only ones that really know what's going on, too. If you think yeah. about it, because and speaking of true. planes, yeah, why don't they just build the whole plane out of a black box? Yeah, it's so indestructible. <laughs> and they'll find oh, it. Geez. Why don't they build the whole ground out of like you know like? Air no bags. one go watch uh, Seinfeld after listening to this. No, that is an original Craig Webster joke. Never heard that joke before. Um, so that is those are the plagues. They fucking they make it out of there. They get to a diner. They it starts to rain. They watch the they rip. Well, you skip they... the whole part where did we mention that Eric sacrificed himself? Andrew killed his husband. Yeah, yeah. We need to, to talk avoid about the society end of the movie. Yeah. So after Dave Bautista sends himself to heaven or hell, who knows? The next, the next. Life. Does he get to live in like paradise or is he just dead? Who knows? They don't really. Well, that. that's the part that's up for debate. Killing yourself is a sin. So I would we say do, that no, before we he doesn't do get this, to go to heaven. Yeah, if you, is, if you subscribe to does. traditional we biblical have, rule, but I don't think that's what this movie's doing. We have one segment we didn't cover tonight. Uh oh. What segment? Oh, there's a sound effect for it. Jesus Christ. Why did it take so long? The Home Alone of it all. So the home alone of it all, Craig, we've explained it to you before, you know what it is. It's when the slaps the blueprints brown and fucking thieves coming. When shit happens. I don't um, know if he knows. You got, it, got it. It's a real Jacob's Ladder situation. That's what you're saying. Not... <laughs> <laughs> so when does the Jacob's Ladder The start? Jacob's Ladder of it all in this movie happens <laughs> when they pull out a ladder and they climb and say, what is, what's up, Jacob? Um, uh, no, the, the You need to watch that movie. All, I want to watch it. The home alone of it all in this movie, in my opinion is the knock of the cabin however however i thought it was going to be after um he killed after leonard kills himself and the sky starts to turn black i thought we were there was fucking i was like there's 30 minutes left in this movie 25 minutes left something's gonna happen some they're gonna have to like block the earth or something but then this actually ties into the ending it very rapidly goes to eric being like you gotta kill me man and andrew being like no man kill me obviously he's like no exactly how husbands talk to each other yeah you, you gotta, gotta kill, kill me man. man he becomes jack Nicholson no brother <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that's uh Ooh, my number one again yeah that's basically uh how that goes down <laughs> and what you ever you dance do? with the devil in the pale moonlight you want to get nuts <laughs> let's get nuts never rub another man's rhubarb <laughs> 
I'll be your huckleberry. I no, mean, that's when it starts for you is when the two husbands are trying to kiss each no. other to death or the, whatever. The knock on the door, I think, is the home alone of it all. It's very mm-hmm. early in the movie. So when the four horsemen of the apocalypse ride across the sky. You know, I often think about this moment throughout all of our discussions and throughout the watches of the movie. This one was kind of hard because it seems like there could be a bunch, right? But at yeah. the same time, it also seems that like there could be none. Where I'm like, it I don't could know. Be none. Could be like none. it could be it could be the moment when he shoots his husband. Like that could be the moment where yeah. it's like that's when you know it's real this for movie, sure. This movie doesn't have a defined three act structure, in my opinion, because of. The Am two- I supposed to guess when I think the home loan of it is? Because I was just like this whole time, I thought you were just telling me. No, because the last couple of weeks we've turned it into a segment. That's why we have a theme for it. No, I know we have a theme. Like I know, like it's a theme, <laughs> but like I thought it was like your theme. It is, but, but like... if, it, if it's if it's a topic of discussion, then I'll be more um, observant moving forward. I'll give you a call sheet uh, later. Um, but we, it has sort of morphed into a discussion. I don't know if you guys. I don't know if there's much more to say. I think the, for me, it's when uh, Ronald Weasley smashes the window. I th- I would I would probably agree with you. I think literally then, the the t- the na- the title drop not being a title drop, but being a literal knock at the door, knock at the cabin. I think that's yeah. a, that's a good place to start with. It's it. a good it's a good it's a good home alone. But when he smashes it, that's when they're in. That's they're when in the cabin. They're inside. You know the movie yeah. started at that point. Yeah. But point. I could also argue that it's it's the moment where she knocks Eric down and he, he knocks his head and they're fighting That's... and then when they when they all realize that they're like we're not trying to hurt you and like everybody sort of realizes like wait okay what's going on then you're not trying to kill us that that's maybe the home alone of it all right there okay well I would almost argue that it's not because you're questioning it all right well what's yours then wise guy hmm the home alone of it all when it all kicks off when we when we when we lay the blueprints down and sprawl them across the table sounds like we're in the intoxication zone yeah. jesus <laughs> no we're saving, yeah this is my we're saving that for a special here. occasion mm-hmm. um i think we're all in the intoxication zone but uh do you mm-hmm. guys have any additional notes before we take her home I do have one thing to say that I wanted to bring up earlier was the first scene when uh, uh, Leonard and Wen first meet. And that scene was my favorite scene out of the whole movie. The, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you have this big ass guy and this little ass girl, like that juxtaposition or whatever, the there you go, you found it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> again, I said this earlier. I believed in his big, friendly, giant um, uh, representation from the beginning. <laughs> I never I think you had, have to like, for, <laughs> I, I... for a second when Andrew said, Oh, that's re- that was a, a re recorded broadcast or whatever. For a second, I doubted it. But for the most part, the whole time, I believe that they were there for good. But all that shit aside, he comes to her with, and Stephen, you mentioned this earlier, uh, 
he's skill. He, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a teacher. He's a grade two teacher. He ha- he knows how to deal with children. He knows how to talk to them. He knows how to connect with them, and he displays that perfectly. And not only that, but when she talks about the first thing she says, like, "Oh, daddy, daddy Eric said this" or something like that, and it's like, "Oh, you call you call your dad by his first name," and it's like, "Oh, that's how I tell the difference." And then that's when we know that she has two fathers, and. You can also see a look on his face, like he's like, "Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, this didn't anticipate this." Almost makes yeah. it worse than it what he already. Well, it is. Was. It is because he's yeah. all he's he's gonna be like, "They're gonna think they're gonna think I'm a hate crime. I'm here it's, to kill them." And they immediately dead, think yeah. he's hate criming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, which is like fair. Us. That's fair. Completely yeah. legitimate. Fair. That's a legitimate first reaction. You guys are a crazy cult, a death cult, a suicide cult. Who's who's targeting fucking homosexuals? And you say you're not targeting homosexuals, but clearly yeah. you are. Especially with Redmond uh, slash literally exactly with homosexuals. what we know about yeah. with what we learn about him. Yeah. And but like when, um, like her, her, the way she describes her upbringing or her her her, uh, you know her her family, uh, she talks about you know her friends. They have one daddy. The the thing that really like solidified it slash gave me a little bit of a chuckle, but also, you know, realism was you know I was like oh even the Disney Channel. They only have one daddy, which I think might be a little bit different now. I think Disney is a little bit more progressive, but I mean, if you listen to like a Republican, everything yeah, is. I don't think woke. Everything's woke. Everyone's I either think, I think Asian like the most or, or Indian or yeah. black or gay, and you're like, okay, come the but the cherry, the cherry, the cherry on the top, but... or whatever the expression is, is when he's like. Does that make you feel bad or whatever? It's like, no, no, not at all. But my counselor says, like, oh, that's so awesome. But I feel like she's saying the opposite, which I immediately connected to with. That's exactly what people are trying to sugarcoat something that they Uh don't. I mean, I can give you like a, a, a real life equivalent to that if you if you'd like to have one. Uh, I'm hugging you right now. So a lot of the times when I meet people who I, I'm not part of their group or whatever, and I let them know that I am gay, they will immediately be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Or like, you know, the opposite, which is like, oh, OK, yeah, you don't seem gay. And it's like it's it's the same sort of thing where it's like. Out of those two reactions, do you have a preference? Like, just they're not, both like, bad. Well, they both, both suck. They both suck. They both suck. But out of those two, do you have a preference? Uh, probably the oh, I didn't. You don't seem gay because like, can I just be like, well, you know, what does that mean? And they'll be like, I guess nothing. Well, you're not Where, fucking a dude in front of me right now. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think. Yeah. Just don't hit on me, okay? The other me. one is like. Come talk to my girlfriend. Like they try and like make you their friend. And you're like, no. And like, that doesn't always happen either. I'm, I'm not saying that always happens, but it does happen a lot. Yeah. Specifically with people that don't have a lot of interaction with gay people. If you're, if you have an interaction with lots of gay people, that never happens. 
yeah. you'll run into a straight person and it they you won't even know and you won't know i'm gay you won't know he's straight nobody will know because we're all just hanging out together but yeah. if you go to like a suburb in you know like Kaladin or something and it comes up and somebody brings it up and you say it everyone loses their fucking minds and you're like why is this still happening here you guys you know what year it is and you know there, that aliens exist we just heard aliens exist guys forget about it I don't want to I don't want to get on my high horse but aliens only exist right now because the military wants more money Oh shit! It's I guess, I guess gay project. rights are void. And also more money for the military. It's not even like that far fetched of a conspiracy theory to to realize that. Oh no! We... You could throw any. You could sprinkle any conspiracy on top of it. Yeah, I don't think the billionaires are doing stupid. what? It's uh, do you know aliens yeah. exist? Oh good. Apparently exactly. they're trying you to. Die. Know, uh, anyone want to start a, an X Files rewatch show? I would love to watch X Files. Podcast version called I want to do it. I just want files. <laughs> well, maybe if you didn't have two fucking kids, we could just rewatch Blossom Buddies over again. <laughs> also, yeah. side note, I'll never watch that. Yeah, just live stream. You just made think of some awesome. The X Files. Also, X Files would take forever to do a, a podcast true. on. So many seasons. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, there's there's eleven if you count the two like rebooted seasons. And there's movies. A lot of TV. Listen, guys, I don't. we gotta we gotta we're just every time we t- we gotta get the flip out of movie, here. We I my I die a little inside. Um, but which it's cool. We had a great discussion. Um, does anybody have any? Oh, actually, we did the fu- we did the thing. Oh, I wanted to say one thing. Gay actors in stuff playing gay people is very good. I'm not one of those people that is like only gay actors can play gay people but when gay actors play gay people in movies it's a little bit better like i i, I feel a little bit better about it where i'm like the the main issue you're gonna I write have... that role then why not have someone fill that role basically um my my main issue is that when it's a gay role and there's a straight person who's like putting a little bit too much El Dante on it. And I'm yeah. like, all right, man, calm down. That's we all you know you've never put a dick in your mouth. The center. Yeah, but like I like I I was even not certain. I knew one of them was gay, and then I looked up the other one. I'm like, oh, they're both gay. That's pretty nice and good. And good. Like, it's cool that, that they're both gay. But, you know, like if, you know, like when when straight people play gay people, it's like they're they're always just like being a little bit too uh, about it. Steve, yeah. um, Andy Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's would like a word. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you know what? When he played that really gay Asian man. When he played that. Nope. Don't say it. Uh, OK. Just so want to point out no, that's no, not no. Andy what Rooney at all. It's Shakespeare in Love. It is. Where they wouldn't have. Female Mickey playing Rooney, whatever. Who's Andy Rooney? 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 Who's Andy all right, give us a high note, Steve. It's time for our final thoughts. 
Oh, nice. Is it me? I'm first. I, Is it? I uh, yep. All right. The movie. Craig? The movie was in, enjoyable. I uh, I liked it. I liked it actually quite a bit more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't know too much about it before going in, um, because it made for you know sort of like a tense and suspicious and mysterious watch, where you could sort of like guess what was happening next without like actually being correct every time which is kind of good and i guess i would say like it, dopamine dopamine yeah like am i gonna get it am i gonna get it am I, and sometimes you get it sometimes sometimes you don't and, you know you feel good but it was a little bit predictable at the end of the day uh there's always like a feeling of like a looming threat i suppose Sorry, I'm trying to read this, and I can't read it. I'm just going to put it over here. Just tell um, us your feelings. I think that the hardships of the couple are relatable and good and better than the stuff that we went through with Split. And I think that he's understanding how to deal with things without just throwing a little bit of, like, you know, on discount potatoes in the mix to be like, this will work, right? <laughs> Here we go. Um, two gay men with a daughter is an interesting concept that, you know, has been done a, a million times in movies before, but like not in a, a, a high concept thriller. And I like it. I like it a lot. And I liked them both together. They felt believable. There were some weakness in the flashbacks where I was like, okay, you guys are just being like, oh, oh, and you know, they're loving each other and you know, the ones where it's Andrew being upset a little bit too heavy as well. The daughter was good. Um, and I like that she was also sort of a part of it. You know, she's not the same race as them, which automatically sort of like segregates her from them, but then she also has a physical deformity which segregates her even more so they're having to you know love her even more than they would just a i has i was about to say regular child but like to hesitate to say like you know like a child that looked like them without some sort of like indiana jones wound she had a fucking like lip scar like that's intense and like she even says like she had to have like several surgeries and stuff and like that's traumatic on its own so everybody in that family has gone through trauma and it's it's cool. It's cool in the sense that it like makes sense for these horsemen to come there. Like I I don't really understand the the portion where they have to sacrifice themselves, but I do understand that this family is the family that needs to be sacrificed. Um and for that I say I enjoyed it. I don't know if I need to go back but, you know, I like the time I spent with it. And I'd like to add that Dave Batista rules. He's quickly becoming an actor that I become excited about seeing in casting for movies. Every time I hear Dave Batista in, I'm like, in what? This is definitely his best performance. And I look forward to seeing him in more of these types of movies. I give this movie something that I meant to bring up and didn't bring up. Three bullets and a gun that magically has a fourth. <laughs> he only loads <laughs> three bullets into that gun and he kills him with a fourth. Uh, 
Remember that? Yeah. He puts three bullets in, he shoots one, he shoots another, he shoots the last one, and then he shoots his husband with a magical fourth bullet that shouldn't have been in I like your attention to detail. Continuity. Although he was fiddling with the gun off camera, too, pretty pretty blatantly. So I know. know, There could have been six, but I mean, you only see three go in. C three go in the classic Star Wars character. C three PO. Shut up. No, C three go in <laughs> is like C three PO is like dominatrix brother. He's like, my name's C three go in. That's Hello. General Gravis's fucking working title. Uh, speaking of Jesus shut up, Kalen, you're up next. Was Craig not up? Should I go? Yes. I'm the okay. host, and I shots. say you go next. The host says I go next, <laughs> and this is what I have to say. One one thing that I have to say is I do like the representation in this movie. Um, I can't tell you how much... Not to say that I hate. Hate is a strong word, but... I hope he doesn't say I gay disliked, people. <laughs> I dislike... Things being whitewashed. I dislike it a lot. And uh, anyway, I'll leave that alone. There's seven Uh, white people in this movie. The whole movie's six white people. Even the black black person and one Asian person. (laughs) Well, I mean, like straight whitewashed or whatever. Straight washed, I guess. Anyway, sorry. Nobody interrupt Kaylin anymore. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And and look look how gracefully I'm accepting the interruptions. Maybe you should take a note for the future. Oh, I thought he was nope. going to call you the F. That didn't work for that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So... I was watching some kids in the hall before this. They use the F word a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, Michael McDonald or whatever his name is. He's Scott. 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 Scott yeah. He... Demania called you the N word. It's his word. He can it. say it. <clears throat> yeah. There is a lore where he invented that word. Kalen, go on. Go on. No, it's fine. You guys finish your. Talk. It's fine. I'll wait. <laughs> Your F talk. I mean, you, you keep saying things that are really setting us up for this T-ball over here. Come on. I know. That's what I do. That's what I bring to the table. Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I'm the culprit of interrupting and get chastised for it. And yet I tee up the, the interruptions. And it's Well, I mean, you wonderful. can't say whitewashed and not use it right. We're going to correct you. Exactly. <laughs> So as we continue, All right. this movie was seamless as far as production. There was never a moment I wasn't in it. Um, uh, la, 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 la. When, when I found out that it was an M. Night movie, I, was, I, I got excited, but while watching it, I wish I didn't know it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, uh, All in all, it was solid. It was like, again, it was seamless. Production, cinematography, uh, score, uh, camera angles, color, uh, like color gradients, the like color choice. Everything was seamless. There was nothing that there was nothing to make it de- deter. There's nothing that deterred me from enjoying it. Um, it's a watch. I definitely give it a watch. 
I'm not sure how much, like I've rewatched it for this episode, um, but I'm not sure how much of a buy it is to rewatch it, but it's definitely a watch. Um, for my what went well, I put the tension throughout the whole the whole movie. I was like it, and I mentioned it earlier. I was like, you know what? These guys are cool. These guys are like I legitimately, legitimately <laughs> believe what they're saying. But then there were moments like that made me question. I was like, eh. and I wanted to know what was going to happen. What was going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? For my even better. M. Knight should not put his name on movies any anymore. Either I, I like and I and I don't mean like I don't I don't want this to come out wrong, but unfortunately, because of what I know of his movies already, it sets me up with an expectation. And I would feel better if I he's a great he's a great director. He's great at making movies. Don't get me wrong. But unfortunately, there's a downside to being great. And moving forward, I would rather not know he had any involvement until afterwards, until the credits roll. I don't want anyone to tell me. I don't want to know at the beginning of the movie. That would be Once cool. That's the done, Shyamalan roll, twist. Direct by M. Night Shyamalan joint right at the end of the credits. That would be oh, cool. So you just want to know when he pops up as a cameo, like in the middle, like, hello, it's me. That, <laughs> that, on the shopping channel, you're like, holy shit, there. is this an M. Night Shyamalan movie? Didn't even need to be there. Um, I love that it's, I, I like knowing it's him. But I mean, I guess we all have our flavors, right? Like, I, I, I personally went into this and like his his fingerprints are everywhere man and they're all they're all over that cabin i loved it they are they are for sure yeah, they are for sure yeah. and i like I, and i'm not saying this with like i'm not saying this out of malice or whatever i'm not saying like oh how dare you or whatever i'm just saying those are the feelings that came about during this viewing and all that being said, I give it saving the world with love. They're going to say saving Private Ryan, the movie. Kalen, check this out. Kalen, check this out. The MPAA, everyone. The MPAA. Wow. 54-171. Nice. Right. Perfectly executed. Perfectly executed. Um, Thank you, sir. That was fantastic, Caleb. Craig, um, before I get to my final thoughts, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your final thoughts. Uh, as you know, on this show, we sometimes will do a rating out of five. Sometimes we'll do a joke rating. Sometimes we'll rate it. Uh, just, it just I never joke. It, <laughs> in summation. That's why you're so good on the podcast. <laughs> um, so you're looking for my final thoughts. I'm looking for them. <laughs> But I'm serious. You can't prove I was being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts. Um, I mean, I'm fine now. I, I did. I did go through that period of being like, I just don't want to know when it's an M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, but I think I'm past that. Like I watched, you know, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, 
signs uh and then the village was the fourth one right and then the village yeah. is where i was like okay like that's enough of these stupid fight he's run out of twists like fuck fuck this and i went off him didn't watch lady in the water uh i'm sure there's other movies in the middle there i haven't watched uh i didn't watch old is what his last one old is good old you might like old i yeah, heard old it's good i want to see it uh, i think you I mean avatar the last airbender i think is what you mean um yeah i'm not watching that um <laughs> there's also old atar the old bender which is <laughs> yep. wild not watching that either that's uh that sounds like a very niche porn <laughs> 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 but now that's not my niche um but yeah then i watched like split and glass and i hated both of those i thought he should have left unbreakable alone as a, a one-off movie um you didn't like split you haven't seen the show before, no i did not like split let him talk uh, i got uh, you, you guys seem to like it's not the worst movie ever I, they were better than the village uh i'll give them that but i think they especially glass was you didn't like the villain <laughs> <laughs> I actually like Thank the you. village. I think it's all right. Uh, so, but like going through this, this has it, been my I'm life cycle of watching Shyamalan movies, uh, and I've, it's kind of just a blank slate now. Like, first two movies are are two of my favorite movies, and then it kind of petered off. And then I thought he made some shit movies, and now there's this, which is kind of like a reset. I'm like, okay, he's made a good movie again, and old is yeah. supposed to be good. I really want to see that as well. It's kind of like he's, to me, it feels like he's reset himself. And he can put his name on movies again without people expecting that, oh my god, Bruce Willis was a superhero the whole time twist. You thought I was going to say yeah. he was dead the whole time. I went to, I went to the next the thing one. About, the thing about old is like, it also has no twist. Like it's The twist is like... Yeah, that's the thing. He's done a good job of resetting himself. I also want to see it. Please. Thank you. Thank you. But I think he's he's done a good job of shedding the now twist. For like, like five fucking years. Glass didn't have a twist, really. It was just the fucking conclusion to it whatever superhero trilogy yeah. i guess best superhero trilogy ever did you see the visit the visit the visit the visit the visit the visit i haven't heard of, heard of that one holy moly you mean signs where that, the alien well the visited. visit the visit was like his first after that the like debacle where he was like trying to write and get other people to direct that was his first director he came back as a director and he didn't he did not put his name on it at all and he just like yeah. let the trailer speak for itself, and people were like, "This looks interesting." And then it came out, and it did re- really well. And everyone was like, "Wait, this was M Night Shyamalan? Holy fuck, he's back, baby! He's back! He's back!" Is that sort of throwing 2000? baseballs to each other? Yeah, it was great. No. Anyway, Jason, I guess it's your turn. No, no, no. It's wait, not so because... wait, wait a minute. The visit Craig from two thousand with Billy D. Williams. No, is it not the visit? No. Visitor? I don't think you're talking about visitors. No, the visit. It's called the visit. The visit. The only movie called the visit that's been out. I thought Craig was trying to give us his final thoughts. There's the visitor in 2007, but other than that one with uh, Billy the D. Visit. Williams, nothing. 2015 is. horror thriller. 2015. This is not the time for this. Oh wait, there it is, right at the top. <laughs> I I went down to Found the it. Billy D. Williams one that I wanted to know about. Well, IMDb, IMDb puts these ads at the top of your search results, and then there's one search result above the ads, so I didn't look at that top search result. So that's on IMDb's the way there's Catherine Hans in it. Three-hour podcast out here like, I am inevitable. Thanos. 20, uh, 20, All right, Jason's about to snap us out of existence. Go ahead, Jason. 
No, Craig has to give us his turn. His... Oh, my rating. So I think yeah. this is a great. Um, I wouldn't say return to form because he's shed the form. It's kind of he's keeping his career alive. I think he's doing well. I'm gonna call this a six and a half to seven out of ten. Like good, not six cents or unbreakable, but certainly better than um, some of the other crap that he's turned out. And do you have a uh, what went well even better? A thing you liked and a thing that could have been better? Uh, oh, anything that could have been better. Shit, I did have something that I thought could have been better, um, but I don't think I actually wrote it down. No. Um, fuck. Sorry, guys. I forgot what my could have been better was going to be. Okay, I also... Uh, on but spot, I'll interrupt on Jason. Spot right now, what could have been better? No, I don't know. I can't fucking think. I've had... <laughs> No, I'm spent a bottle of wine. That's it. That's uh, fair. I'm spent. <laughs> yeah, I'm more spent apocalypses. I would like to have seen more apocalypses. Well, it's more funny you should say that. Um, I'm going to take us home. Craig, thank you. Take us home. I, first and foremost, when I finished watching this movie, it said, next up, Cocaine Bear on Amazon <laughs> Prime. So I, yep. just a weird, fun, fun little... Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, for me, Cocaine Bear was the first recommendation when I finished watching the movie. So it's the movies, trailer that showed afterwards or whatever. These movies are intrinsically linked, much like you and I, Craig, uh, because of the television program Blossom. The Blossom. Um, this movie explores morality, faith, and belief in a very interesting way. We see that through the myriad thoughts and ideals that we get to really just... We're seeped in from the from the get-go. Like... Right from Batista sitting down with Wen. I won't not call him Batista. Um, I'm really cool. glad I didn't know much about this movie going in. We see character development from all the characters in a really unique way. And the ending was heart-wrenching, honestly. Uh, the actors chosen to be the different horsemen were chosen well. And the family they go to in the cabin uh, were also perfect for this soundtrack which we didn't really talk about a lot Kayla mentioned it in his final thoughts works overtime in this movie in a unique way I was um, I was like just like sitting with I think the second plague and then it hit me that like it's one of those like Robert Stack unsolved mysteries sort of the soundtrack creeps into your psyche and sort of really makes you feel the way the movie is supposed to want to make you feel. And um, <clears throat> it sets the tone. What about the score? That's what I mean. What did I say? Oh, the soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, the I soundtrack. You like the... Right, you're right. The soundtrack, I guess, is that one song that's at the beginning and end, but yeah. the, the score is... Boogie Shoes! Yeah, and I movie, thought you were talking about like the actual like songs and I. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's it's all good. You're right. I I meant score. The soundtrack is literally like the one song. The score one is song. dope. Yeah, it's really good. And the song like that that we didn't really talk about that end scene, but them like like choosing to t- turn the song on and then realize the gravity of the situation versus the way the music sounds. That like how happy the music is, and then they turn it off, and then ultimately they decide to turn the happy music on and just fucking get. That's a real M Night thing to me. Like that. That seems like an M Night Shyamalan moment. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, (laughs) Uh, Yeah. like a like a Shyamalan phenomenon. You know, they like the cinematography. That's what I say. Was also really well done with lots of close ups and cutaways that are like they they really show the emotions. 
the people were going through. I really like the feeling of threat and the feeling of unknown. Um, considering so much was done with a short story, this this gets put at a higher rating than I would normally put. Turns out it was a full novel. I read that it was a just a like a short story, but I guess it like depends on how many pages are in the book. I've oh, actually Bella. I've actually condensed my rating system and my joke rating. I give this a four horsemen out of five. You put them together! It's pretty big deal. I like it. It's pretty big deal. I like it. What went well? The plagues. Uh, They marked out the sections of the movie, and you got to meet all the four horsemen in a pretty unique way. Uh, Even better, (laughs) you called this so much. You called this earlier, Steve. I would have liked to see the hell world (laughs) come in a little further, a little bit more darkening of the sky, a little bit more like. Even if it was, like, literally, like, they, they still make the sacrifice. I just want it, like, there was a, the, the final note that I have here is the nice, the really good touch. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the, they sh- keep showing the sky darkening. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they cut down to, like, them, like. Well, they, they also do these, like, these shots where it's, like, that's it's what I'm cut off of the neck. And, like, it's, like, the whole but you screen see the whole sky. is. But did yeah. you notice the one last plane comically fall in the background? It didn't comically fall. It ominously fell. And also, like, they do that in the cabin. They do it outside the cabin. They do it at the begin- They do it throughout the whole movie. They do these shots where it's, like, just the, like, the neck up of the head looking up and something is there. And, like, sometimes it'll be uh, Eric and he'll be cut. He'll be, like, tied behind his arms and he'll be looking oh! All right. Well, that's not nice to say as I'm trying to help your own point you're making but okay help me at all i made my point um i'm sorry that was too harsh i think i thought it was funny <laughs> i thought it was funny you don't find it funny i um, no. i love you um i love you and you're right i thought that it was a i thought that it fell comedically in my opinion oh i was trying to like the thing you were saying earlier yeah okay yeah it did it fell funny like a if a plane fell out of the sky yeah and but it was like the way but the way that i mean falling that but the way that i mean happened, that it's yeah, funny, funny is they're like having this heartfelt moment and the sky is blackening and like like this part of the screen just a plane f- like falls is like a it's like a, yeah it's i was like expecting a, to hear like a like a crazy explosion or something and you don't yeah, which is exactly. that's i think that's the part that makes it kind of like scary to me is that you don't hear the explosion or you do sort of hear explosions but you don't hear that explosion no this this ultimately this cabin is so isolated but it encroaches by the end of the movie that it's it's such a cool thing i uh i i honestly think this movie's a four out of five it's it it was a thriller it was a horror you know how i liked genre bending you know how i like an amalgamation of concepts in movies this i right from the beginning to the end i was like captivated by by this thing so thank you guys for being here tonight craig thank you for having me craig i always love to hang out with you i always love to see you everybody give craig a round of applause for being on the podcast. i don't don't give me a round of applause i barely contributed 
It sounds like our hands that. are like a huge audience of hands. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it sounds like our laughs are like an audience of laughs and that fart is oh, like man. why is it so much bigger than the rest of well it? why do the... i suddenly feel like i'm on i love lucy yeah you are because we're all jamming chocolates in her mouth and uh, you know for for caitlin oh, oh, oh. and for steve and i'm jason for Kalen, for Jason, and for Craig, and for Craig. I am Steven. I'm Jason. Uh, for Steven and Jason and Craig, I'm Kellen. For me and nobody else but me, I'm, I'm Craig. <laughs> I fucking love that. No, seriously, I love you guys. I can't wait. I'll tell you, it's Dylan, 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 and Dylan because he spits I'm, hot Yo, fire. Jason, who are the top five hottest rappers right <laughs> Dylan, now? Dylan, 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 and hey, did you see this one? <laughs>